Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. This is a special live edition of Keeping It Real Fridays tonight. We have a lot to discuss. I'm excited. Hopefully, you guys are excited. I feel like keeping it extra real tonight. I know we say that. I know we especially say that on Friday nights, but definitely with the with the amount of topics that we have tonight, I think you guys deserve nothing less than than the realest. Uh, conversation tonight. So uh, we're excited to uh, to get into it tonight. I'm going to go ahead and bring Courtney on because uh, if I don't let her speak now, she she's actually never going to talk tonight because i got so much to talk about. I'm excited. But Courtney, you know what I mean? What's going on with you tonight? You okay? Thank you for the consideration. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. I am doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. It feels good to be back because I know it's been a minute since our last show. And so, you know, people have been highly anticipating this one. So I'm excited, as always. You know, I'm excited always. Yeah, speaking of our last show, it was actually last Saturday night, one of our very, very rare uh, Saturday Night Lives where we where we talked about a lot of stuff. Classic show is always on Saturday nights. We talked about uh, just, you know, black women and, and standards. Spent a lot of time talking about uh recognizing or um, not recognizing uh, men's pot- black men's potential um, and just, just a lot of different topics. So if you missed that particular show, definitely check out the archives on iTunes or at uh, DadonTolbertShow.com. Wanna, um, like I said, got a lot to talk about. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about the death of music, film, you know, icon, Prince, uh, and, and his his death uh, recently, yesterday actually, and um, and just you know a, a lot of stuff surrounding that. There's you know, and I mean, there's so much I want to we're, we're going to talk about um, in regards to that. But um, I know he had a lot of fans around the world, and um, a lot of people are feeling some type of way, um, similar to how people felt some type of way when Michael Jackson died, when Whitney Houston died, and um, there's definitely some connections there, which we'll, we'll go a little bit further into detail with, um, you know, a little bit later on in the show. In fact, in a few minutes. But I wanted to start today off with a big announcement, and we, we kind of touched on it a couple of weeks ago. Where for those of you in the Philly area, we're actually Courtney and I we're bringing back dinner with Dayton. So I just want to put that out there before we forget, before we get so wrapped up in tonight's show. So if you're in Philly, look out for that. It's going to be at a, a secret location. I shouldn't say a secret location, but a, a location uh, uh, that has not yet been named. But, um, you know, look out for that. We we, we did them a few years ago, several, quite a few of them, actually. And everyone who came out had a good time, good conversation, gained a lot of information. So just look out for the flyers, look out for the information, and, um, you know, we'll keep you posted on uh, on dinner with Daydon. One last housekeeping thing before we jump into it. We're still doing our spring uh, counseling special. All right, a lot of stuff jumps off in the spring leading into the summer. A lot of questions arise, a lot of situations arise. So especially coming off of Valentine's Day, coming off of um, the holiday season, coming off of the end of what we call what's known as cuffing season. There's a lot of relationship dating stuff that uh, people like to talk about or, you know, sort through. So definitely hit us up at 855-55-DATON or uh, shoot an email to uh, DATON or Courtney at trctoday.com. Um, so that so I'm excited about that. And before and I just want to, you know, got a lot of stuff to talk about that's, that, you know, could be considered, you know, not so good or, you know, negative or emotional. But I want to start tonight's show off with just some really – 
just really the essence of what we do here with this show, with our ministry. And um, it's a testimony. And I posted it, or I reposted it. It was posted in the Friends group from uh, Shavana, and I'm, hopefully I'm pronouncing her name right, uh, Franklin, who um, gave just a really great testimony. She posted her wedding picture, and, um, you know, many of you have heard, you know, we've seen this stuff before. We've seen those types of testimonies, and I always like to share them because, you know, we, we it's it's the essence of what I do, of why why you're even listening to me. It's, you know, to bring love. It's to bring people together. It's to build and cultivate positive godly relationships um so you know from what i know about she said you know just from listening to the show um participating in the online forums that you know laid the foundation for her being found by uh her her husband her her king and so i'm excited i'm happy for her and i you know i posted the link and uh hopefully you guys are uh are, are you know are being aware of that? You know, if you know her, reach out to her, say hey, congratulations, because that's that's rare. True love is rare. We're gonna talk about a lot of stuff tonight in regards to love, and, and you know, and just what all that looks like. And so, I mean, Courtney, I know you saw it. I mean, how does that make you feel? Just that being what you do as well. You know, it makes me feel great, and I, you know, I just want to say to her again, congratulations. You know, I just I remember her. You know, just being in the Friends of the Day on October Show group, just a very, very sweet woman, humble personality. She just, I mean, I feel like this, it just, it makes me feel good, you know, that she found love, and I think it's great, and it's definitely well-deserved. So, again, congratulations to her and, you know, just what we were able to do and just to be of assistance. And, and I wanted to say shout-out to you because you have really helped us all, me included, just in this whole process of, you know, being found toward, you know, being yeah, being found. Sorry, I got tongue tied. In the process toward emotional availability, and it's like you're helping us all. So thank you very much. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean that's you know it's that's one thing people don't even have to do is say thank you. I mean that's what I do. It's you know me being a blessing to others is is me being a blessing to God. And really, I feel like um, retribution. For a lot of the things that I did, you know, in you know, back in the day that were not cool and, you know, living a certain type of life, I feel like just doing what I do now is just what I'm what I'm supposed to do and what I ultimately enjoy doing. So, just a blessing to hear those types of testimonies, and I look forward to um, just seeing more testimonies. I mean, you know, you guys have been around for the years. You've seen, you've heard countless, hundreds even, you know, of those exact same types of testimonies. So, again, if you guys would like a testimony of your own, hit me up eight five five fifty five date on. Shoot an email, date on at trctoday.com. Now, let's talk about what everybody's talking about right now around the world, which is the death of Prince. You know, now, I'm not going to lie to you. You know what I mean? I'm not even going to, you know me, I, especially not on Keeping It Real Fridays. I was not a big, you know, a huge uh, fan of Prince and Prince's music. I'm not fake. I'm not going to sit up here and lie, oh, my gosh, you know what I'm saying? I was his biggest fan, you know. I'm not even going to do that to y'all because I wasn't. You know, his music was cool. I mean, I like, you know, Kiss. I like Purple Rain. I mean, I wasn't one of those guys listening to the best of Prince in my car, you know, or anywhere for that matter. So, I mean, you know, from a musical perspective, he was cool. I mean, you know, it was what it was. I wasn't, that wasn't really my necessarily my uh, favorite type of music, but I respected what he did, uh, his contributions to the industry. What I, uh, and I posted this online uh, earlier today, 
how I will remember him, how I choose to, what I really enjoyed about him actually was actually uh, indicative of or representative of what we talk about here on this show on a daily basis, on a nightly basis, which is how the world really works. You know, the, you have the media, you have media propaganda, which over the last few months we've been speaking a lot about from a political standpoint, from an entertainment standpoint. You know, and Prince, you know, he was someone who had no fear. He was not someone who was going to conform and allow himself to be made a slave and follow that, a slave to the industry, uh, a slave to the music. Um, he was someone who said, hey, look, okay, this is something I got into for the love of music. And so, you know, and even he's, he's admitted making some mistakes. He's admitted, you know, getting caught up in that whole, you know, what it's, what's required to be a celebrity. He admits that. He spoke. I mean, there's there's so much stuff out there. And people, it's unfortunate, they don't even know who Prince really was. There's, people are talking about music. You know what I'm saying? They're, really, they're still talking about music when he was so much more than that. He has, he's contributed so much information, but that has been suppressed by the mainstream media, just like everything else. You know what I'm saying? That That's pertaining to what we're talking about tonight. He's just one of many celebrities who have actually spoken out about the about the unspoken uh, structure in Hollywood, in entertainment, in music, you know, as far as what's required to be successful, how, you know, he spoke a lot about record contracts. You know, he even advised young artists, hey, look, this is what it is. I'd advise you not to sign that because you're signing yourself away. You are becoming a slave. Now, you guys listen to me. You know I've I've been saying that for years. A lot of this stuff is now coming into for, coming to fruition. We're now seeing a lot of the. We've been on the air for ten years, guys. So a lot of this stuff you guys heard me talk about, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, two years ago. You're now seeing like, whoa, dang, that's that's what he was talking about. Oh wow, maybe he's not so crazy. Oh yeah, five years ago, no, that dude is tripping. He's talking about stuff that nobody else is talking about. Now you're starting to see. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, wow, I remember that show. I remember him talking about that. Just like, you know, a couple years from now, you'll be talking about this show, about stuff that's going to be happening, you know, in a few years. It's all cyclical. Many of you, you know, this, again, Google. When you guys get some time, Google. Please Google this stuff. Look this stuff up. Look when Whitney Houston died. Go, we did a whole special. Now, that was someone I was a fan of. That was someone whose music I loved. Google Whitney, our special, Whitney Houston tribute on the Date on Tolbert show. Just Google it. Listen to it. It's a two- or three-hour show. Listen to it. And a lot of that stuff that we said, what, two years, three years ago, whatever it was, you, you're going to hear me repeating now about Prince. Go back to you know the show after Michael Jackson died, the, the, you know, the first live show after Michael Jackson died, and that whole special – we did on Mike Jackson, and and you'll see a lot of that stuff was exactly what we're about to say about Prince and what we've been saying. It's the same thing, okay? This is how the entertainment industry works. You know, all this stuff that's happened, we you know we we've, we've spoken about and will continue to speak about. Now, this is where I want to say about, um, and again, all shows are archived on iTunes at DadonTolbertShow.com. All right, podcast, all that good stuff. Check them, check them out. Um, one of the things that I will say, though, is that Prince, you know, and I have a lot to say about him, and we got time tonight, you know, hopefully, you know what I mean, hopefully y'all don't have plans tonight, because we, we got some time. You know, Prince was one of those people who, you know, he was, he stretched the entire gamut of influence. I mean, he influenced rock and rock and roll, heavy metal, R&B, jazz, 
you know, pop. I mean, you know, there's not too many people who you can say influenced the, literally the entire music industry. And he was one of those people. But the one, one of the things that set him apart was that, like I said earlier, he refused to be a slave. I, a lot of you guys don't understand how stuff works. Once you sign a contract, okay, you sign away your, your publishing, you sign away the rights to your music, the ownership of your music, and then they basically pay you a very, very, very small percentage of what you what they're making off of you. That's why you see people like Tony Braxton, TLC, many others going broke or having to file bankruptcy. You're like, wait a minute, they sold three, four, five million records. How are you bankrupt? Well, because that money didn't go to them. That money went to you know the record companies. They get they lease you a car, they rent you a house, and say, okay, yeah, here's a mansion. But it's, a lot of times, it's not really yours. Okay, and so now you know you only and only when you're at the very very highest level after having an established track record of sales do you actually get that real money when you have albums where you can go on uh, uh you know a, a tour you know like Beyonce Jay Z you know just the name itself they don't need money from the record company because they can generate so much independent income you know but if you're a newer artist. You're not really going to be able to do that. Now, see, the problem with Prince, where he came in, he said, look, you know, he had a conflict. This conflict went on for years, for decades, in fact, with Warner Brothers. And I followed this. I grew up, you know, following this whole thing. So it's like, you guys, it's the same thing that happened with Michael Jackson. It's the same thing, except Michael Jackson was feuding with Sony. You know what I'm saying? And so, and, you know, again, Michael talked about this stuff. Prince talked about this stuff. A lot of people don't know about these things. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science, guys. The media wants you to make it seem like it's rocket science, but it's not. It's actually very obvious. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you have a if I have a fight with with Courtney, we hate each other. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know what the hell with you, Courtney? I'm gonna kill you. And then tomorrow, Courtney ends up dead. <laughs> it's like, okay, oh, Courtney died of a drug overdose. Courtney's car ran off the. She just was found dead. What happened to her? Like, you know what you think happened to her? You gotta, you gotta look at what, what, what's happening. It's not rocket science. Michael Jackson was killed because, you know, what I'm saying because he was about to own half of Sony. He, it was about, it's about money. You guys gotta realize, man. Listen, Michael Jackson had a catalog that's worth literally worth billions of dollars. You know that Michael Jackson was literally worth more dead than he was alive. What do y'all think is happening with Prince? And I'm not here to. You know, like I'm not here to, like I tell you guys all the time, I'm not here to act like, oh, I know it all. Prince was definitely murdered, and this is who murdered him, and, you know, these are the exact circumstances. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? That's the, the, the liars. That's the weirdos out there that just blatantly make stuff up. I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you all I, I have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But at the same time, one plus one equals two, right? I mean, if you understand common sense, if you understand how the music industry works, if you're feuding with someone, somebody and, it's, and the feud is over money, right, I mean, you know, and you finally settle or you finally come to a, a, a quote-unquote resolution to the conflict that's going to result in you getting your, mil, you know, millions if not billions of dollars, taking billions of dollars away from the people who really run this industry where they have the option to totally eliminate you from the equation and keep those billions of dollars for themselves over the next, you know, several decades. 
I mean, Corey, what, what you think is going to happen? What, what do you think is going to be the better option? For it to be a wrap for that person. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's how it, it works. Right. I mean, it's not, again, this stuff is not, it's only the people. And look on your Facebook page. Look on your news feeds. It's only the people who don't understand how this stuff works that are that are even using the term quote unquote cuz I don't I hate that term cuz it's like anything that you don't see on CNN anything you don't see on the today show you know what I'm saying is a is a quote unquote conspiracy it's like who says the mainstream media is has the monopoly on truth you know what I'm saying if it, I mean who says that who says that because I personally am not on NBC that what I'm saying is less truthful than what Matt Lauer is saying. Like who? Th- these are just people. You know what I'm saying? If you understand, like, wow, there's an agenda, and speaking the truth is not a part of that agenda, it should make very perfect sense to you why certain things are being suppressed by the media. Right? So, so again, you, you, many of you may remember. See, this is what the media said. They tried the same thing they did with Mike Jackson. They said, you know, he's crazy. Oh, Dave Chappelle is crazy. Lauren Hill is crazy. Prince is crazy. He decided to change his name to an unpronounceable symbol. You know, Tupac decided to change his name to Machiavelli. What you know? What's that? All these guys are going through midlife crises. No, it wasn't about that. Again, when you have a certain name, see, you know, that name, the name Prince is is, you know, is was is owned. You know that these these companies they own your whole life. You know what I'm saying? They own your name. They own, like, they own you. You own nothing. That's why they say you sold your soul. You sell everything. They own you. So if he, if, you know, Prince loves music. He loves making music. He loves performing music. So it's like, if he wanted to do that, well, first of all, he wasn't able to do that because they own the name Prince. So the only way to put out music was to change his name. That's basically what that was about. It wasn't, oh, he's crazy or he's a weirdo. Nah, he's just that was just his way of being able to do what he loved to do. I don't know if you guys understand this. See, what people don't understand is Tupac. Why do you think Tupac had so many, have, had so many albums that came out after his death? Okay? Tupac had so many albums that came out after his death. Why? Why? Because, again, he, he had a, a, a feud with the record labels, you know, so he said, "Look, I'm not gonna put out this music." Little Wayne is going through something similar. That's why you see all these mixtapes coming out. Jadakiss is another one. He's spoken about that whole ongoing beef with Bad Boy. That's why they put out these mixtapes because you know anything that comes out officially is basically owned, and you don't, you know, you, they're, you're not getting any profit from it. The record company is getting it. So you're just like, I still love doing music, so I'm gonna put it out independently. I'm gonna do, you know, what I have to do. And so I don't. It was just, they were just talking about it on the Today Show today. They're like, "Yo, Prince has a vault. There's this quote unquote vault with I don't know how many they said, but like countless songs that the world has never heard." And they were saying that you know now that this whole thing is resolved, Prince was going to put it quote unquote resolved. He was going to put it out. You know what I'm saying? He said he was going to put it out. Now that this whole thing was was resolved, but. You know, so so let I me mean, just now again common sense, Courtney. And if he was going to put out again, there's a quote. Listen, to what I'm saying to y'all because all the everyone's talking about Prince. Listen, but they're not talking about this. Understand what's being said. Understand what is happening. What has happened? Again, Prince has a vault 
uh, literally hundreds and hundreds of unreleased, never heard songs. From what is being said, he negotiated a deal. The deal, the terms of this deal were not being are not public, but he supposedly negotiated the deal where he now owns the rights to in the publishing to that though all that music. And he was planning on putting all that music out under his terms. Again, I don't know all the specifics, but again, under his terms, meaning he would get the profits or the you know the bulk of the profits for his music. Now all of a sudden, Prince is dead. So then the magic question is, what happens to that music? A better question is, what happens? Who profits from that music? Because the music is coming out. You know, just like Michael Jackson's music came out. After he died, more music came out, and more music is even still coming out. You understand that? So, I mean, did you know that? First of all, Courtney, let me ask you, did you even know about The Vault? No, not until recently. Like, I didn't know that was going on. Like, I didn't know he had so much unreleased material. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He, he that There's so much unreleased music. So, again, the music, that's, I mean, we're talking about Prince here. Do you guys understand what would happen if that music, or not if, the music is coming out? I pro- Listen to what I'm saying. This is, what, April 22nd? There's going to be a massive Prince album in the very, very, very near future. I'd say certainly within the next year or so. I'd be surprised if it didn't come out before the, you know, right around Christmas time, to be quite honest with you. That's going to do a lot of, make a lot of money. Who pro- Who's, you know, y'all get it. You understand that? Look at Michael Jack. Follow the money, guys. Follow the money. Whitney Houston, Tupac, Biggie. The, you know, look look who profited after Biggie died. You understand that? <laughs> look who profited. Like, we're talking about music now. We talk about a lot of others, but look at music. These artists are worth much, 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 much. Elvis Presley, much, much, much more money at, dead than alive. And every single one of these are mysterious deaths. Before they're even 50 Biggie, Tupac, Elvis You know what I'm saying Whitney Houston I mean the, I mean, how the list goes on and on guys I mean you know at some point you know. But then again I, what do I know I'm just a conspiracy theorist As they like to say Now speaking of conspiracy theories Now I posted And again I posted the, the videos People like Prince are respected These guys are loved Michael Jackson is loved Tupac was loved, but it's weird and respected by people. But it's amazing. It's like when 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 certain people say certain things that go against what the mainstream media is saying, but these respected people, these loved people, say the exact same thing. People want to call them conspiracy. People say, "Oh, you're crazy." But again, Prince spoke about. You know, remember back in the day, I told you I saw that we were talking about chemtrails. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, basically, if you know, don't know about chemtrails, Google it, look it up. You know, um, and you know, it's 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 a lot of stuff going on with the government. Prince spoke about that. Prince spoke in great detail about chemtrails on a number of occasions. You know, and um, some people don't know what chemtrails. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but you ever look up at the sky? Interestingly enough, yesterday is no, uh, what was it uh, Sunday? I'm out on the tennis court. Right, I'm on the tennis court playing with a buddy of mine. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. I'm gonna post a, a, a you know a, a little meme 
later on so you guys can kind of better see what I'm talking about. You ever see like an airplane, right, and you see like a what appears to be a cloud, but it's really like this long stream of something, you know what I mean? Like you look up and it's just like this line, a long line coming out of the, looks like a cloud, but it's not a cloud. Yeah, I mean, you ever look up in the sky and see something like that? Yeah, and I'd be like, what is that? <laughs> right. I've seen but here's that before. A, yeah, oh, yeah, you see it all the time. But people, just, it's like, oh, you know, they're in La La Land. Like, oh, look at that. What's that? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I wonder what that is. No, that's, that's where chemtrails come in. So, again, do you, I don't even want to, you know, get into it. You guys do your own research on what chemtrails is. It's a whole big thing. Prince spoke about chemtrails. But, yeah, like I said, I was on the tennis court. I look up. I'm like, yo, my man, what, yo, what's that, yo? It's a plane. It looks like it's it's on fire, but there's stuff coming out of the engine. It's just this long stream of stuff. I'm like, yo, what is that? He's like, yo, I don't know. I'm like, he said, look, it's all good. I know where I'm going. I said, yeah, I know where I'm going too because it was very weird. It was stuff blatantly coming out of an airplane that was flying over, you know, the city. I mean, it's something, you know, you never hear, like, you never hear the news talking about, like, wow, you know, a strange aircraft was seen emitting this, you know, substance, you know, from its from the engine or from the cargo compartment. Like, huh, what is that? You know, it's not a cloud. It's not on fire. It's not about the cloud. Like, what is that coming out of these planes? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Nobody talks about it. It's like, oh, like, oh, I wonder what that is. You know what I'm saying? But Prince spoke about it. And again, I posted the video on my page. Listen to what Prince, who everyone's talking about, had to say about this quote-unquote conspiracy theory. Now, real quick, I told you, we talked about this a couple of years ago. I was uh, I was in the movie theater. I forget what it was, in Elysium. Matt Damon had a movie called Elysium, right? Now, this, go go watch it. Go on your DVR you know, go to Redbox, whatever, go rent Elysium. And towards the end of the film, Matt Damon, had, he's running around. He's got this big gun. And I told you guys this about two, three years ago, when we were right after I saw it. <laughs> and on, it's this big, huge, huge, like, rifle type of gun. And on the on the actual gun, gun is engraved. Not they, don't, they show it to you, but not for a long period of time. But on the gun... I'll give you one guess, Corey. What, what's engraved on the gun that Matt Damon is carrying in this movie, Alicia? Chemtrails. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Chemtrails. <laughs> Blatantly. It wasn't like, it's like they purposely show, they do like a close-up of like a split second. It's like, yo, I, paw, well, I didn't pause, I saw it in the theater, but, you know, since then, I pause, I'm like, yo, it says chemtrails. So, again, that type of stuff that you guys are very familiar with happening on a fairly regular basis in TV and movies, and they show you stuff. But just listen to what Prince had to say about it. So you guys see what I'm saying to you? Tavis Smiley, you know, respected in the inner, you know, in the black community, you know, they had a nice little conversation about it. So, it's, you know, it's deep, man. Now, real quick, like I said, I got a lot to talk about. Again, rest in peace to Prince, okay? But at the same time... We've, I just want to direct you guys' attention, okay, because I, I don't have the scriptures in front of me right now. Okay, I've been doing a lot. It's been a busy week for me. But, when you, again, I say this, like that's why I told you at the beginning of the show, go back to our special on Whitney Houston, on Michael Jackson. Every time this stuff happens, you know, Ultimate Warrior, if you guys follow wrestling, I just want to tell you something. And, again, this isn't, 
You know, this isn't Dadon Tolbert saying this. This is biblical. And again, go back to the Old Testament. Read the Old, read Numbers, read Deuteronomy, read Leviticus. Okay, you guys have to understand how this stuff works. You know, there were basically two groups of people. There were the people who loved God, the Israelites. Who had their struggles, their challenges, but at the end of the day, they were being led by God. Now, whether or not they chose to follow God at all times is a different story. But again, they were the God's chosen people who he was trying to lead to the promised land by having them do his will. You had that group of people, right? And they, you know, they're documented all throughout the, the Old Testament. But then, and that's, you know, that's who people choose to focus on. But then you also have... The other side, which a lot of people don't, you know, they don't really focus on it. There's the other people that were in the Old Testament. You know, there were the people who worshipped the pagans, the, excuse me, the pagan gods. The, there were the people who um, performed sacrifices. There were the people who hated God. There were people who mocked God, people who didn't trust God. Okay, there were the celebrities, the priests, the rich, the powerful, the famous, those people who were the opposite of the Israelites and, and the opposite of what God wanted for his people. So if you look at, you know, and again, you have to look at what those people did in the Bible. This isn't, again, this is what they did in the Bible. The, the original sinners, the original, uh, if you will, Illuminati, the original, you know, New World Order followers, like those guys, the original, if you want to call them Satanists, people who hated God, who uh, glorified things that God hates, the original guys. You know what I'm saying? Those quote-unquote celebrities, what did they do? We know what the people today do, but what did they do in the Bible? The same types of people, the same, you know, who worship the same types of things, money, power, riches. It's the same thing. What did they do? Well, they had these pagan gods that they worshipped, right? And then every season... You know, or at after a certain big monumental occasion, they would make sacrifices. Sometimes those sacrifices were, were financial. Sometimes it was a goat. You know, sometimes they would just, you know, light a fire. Um, you know, a, they call it burnt sacrifice. You know, sometimes it was, um, you know, like I said, animals, goats, whatever. But if you continue reading, other times... They were them, their own. Okay? Other times they were actual human sacrifices. Now, and if you, again, this is not, this is, again, read the Old Testament. Okay? Under, you know, do some research on paganism, Satanism, you know, the Church of Satan and what they do, how they pay homage to their God, which is Satan. Again, this is all well documented. You know, the Church of Satan is real. They, you know, what I mean, this is a real church. You know what I mean? With an EIN number, like they got, you know, these are real things. Okay. Um, and so when you look at things that were being done in the Old Testament, and then you look at things that are being done today and have been done all throughout the course of history, as far as sacrifices to pay homage to, you know. After certain events, after as the seasons change, you know what I'm saying. You, this is you. You have to understand that there are certain actual things called solstice sacrifices. Now, just and I'm not going to go too deep into. It. We we rarely do, but again, that's why I tell you. Just you know, just Google this stuff. Look, th- look how this stuff. This stuff that has been going on. 
You know what I'm saying? It's been going on. And if you think, oh, no, that, whatever, you got to look at them, you saying whatever to the Bible. Because it went on in the Bible. And it still goes on today. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but spiritual wickedness in high places, guys, that's the highest level of wickedness. These celebrities, these, these powerful rulers, these politicians, the government officials. You understand that? And so what you, one of the things you got to realize is that, you know, these, these quote-unquote sacrifices, even in the Bible, were not anything to be taken lightly. If you, if you made a financial offering, you know, you were given something significant. If you sacrificed an animal, you weren't just giving an ant. You weren't just giving a, a you know, giving something, you know, a roach. You were given one of your, your, your prized possessions, right? If you sacrifice somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody, guess what? You weren't just sacrificing, your, you know, your average Joe Blow. What, what kind of sacrifice is that? Come on, do I need to continue? Like, do y'all see where I'm going with this? You understand that? And again, if, if you're solstice. At the changing of the seasons, I told you guys before, look out. I tell you guys every season, look out for next season who the next big celebrity is going to be. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this stuff. But, again, this is, you know, you look at the Robin Williams, the big, the one of the best comedians of all time, Elvis Presley, Tupac, big, you know what I'm saying, Whitney Houston. It, you know, even, even look at wrestling, you know, Ultimate Warrior. Like, these are... Major things, major people, and that is the essence. That's how they do it. That's why Pete. There, that's real quick. Because I want to talk about a lot of stuff tonight, but there are a lot of uh, this, these celebrities. They, they speak out about it. That's why you take these oaths. Okay, when you take an oath, you take an oath to be a part of the entire system. Okay, it's like when you when you you know. When when it comes when your time comes, that's your time is up, and you just kind of hope that it doesn't go that way for you. But that's the price of fame is subjecting yourself to that process. You ever see the Hunger? Uh, yeah, the Hunger Games. You know, it's 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 kind of similar, where they have a lottery, a drawing. You know, everyone knows what it is. You just Go along with the process. You live your life. You just hope that name that's called isn't yours. It's something like that with these celebrities. Celebrities have spoken out about this. And again, I don't want to, like I said, I don't claim to have all the answers. I've never sold my soul. And if I had sold my soul and was saying this, you wouldn't be hearing from me anymore. Because that's the, you know what I'm saying, that's how that works. But I've never taken any oaths. You see, you see how, and so that's kind of how... I don't know, man. I could talk about this all night. But like I said, we got a lot to talk about. But again, let me just say this about that before we move on. Remember Prince for the music. Okay? Remember his music. Great music. You know, entertaining music. Great performer. Okay? Remember him for that. But don't let that be where it's where it ends. Remember who Prince was. Remember, or not even remember, but research who he was. Because this is the stuff that a lot of people don't know about. Everything that I just said for the last 20 minutes, Prince has spoken about publicly. But again, it's they don't broadcast that. I watched the Today Show. I watched uh, CNN this morning. I watched you know all types of shows. Everyone's doing these tributes. 
But as and I'm sure you guys have seen some of them. What are they not talking about? Have you? Let me ask you, Courtney. Out of all the tributes, all the stuff you're hearing from the mainstream media about Prince, are you are that you know? Are you are you hearing anything spoken about what we just got finished talking about that Prince actually spoke about? Because I didn't say anything just now that he hasn't actually spoken about himself. If he's saying this stuff and people want to honor him and his life and his legacy, why are they omitting that aspect of the legacy? Right, because they they don't want to broadcast the truth about what's going on. What I've been seeing is just, um, you know, tributes to his music and, you know, old videos, replaying old videos of his. But as far as his views on the industry, the clip that he had with Tavis Smiley, none of that is being broadcasted publicly. Oh, of course not. Because, not, you know, it's not politically correct. Let's keep it moving. But we'll talk again, man. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, man. I really, I really enjoy, uh, you know, I enjoyed a lot of his music. Like I told y'all before, I'm not, I'm not gonna jump on the band. Oh my God, he was my favorite. No, I'm not gonna do that. Michael Jackson was absolutely, you know, Whitney Houston absolutely was two of my all-time favorite artists. Prince, you know, he was cool. You know what I'm saying? But again, remember him because he contributed so much. You know what I'm saying to the industry. You know, and and and, and took a stand. For you know, he wasn't like these other guys. You know, I'm not saying he was perfect, but he was certainly not like the rest of these clowns out here that we talk about on this show every single night. You know, and so for that, I respected him. Unlike I, you know, unlike most of these these weirdos out here. So it is what it is. Um, let's talk a little politics. There's a lot going. Like I said, we're gonna just so you know, we're gonna be talking about we're gonna ask State on Advice Hour is gonna be crazy. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about as far as uh, some of these debates that have been going on, on online in the uh, friends group and some other groups online. I definitely want to talk about some of that stuff. Um, I want to talk about twerking. I want to talk about dreads and weaves. I want to talk about a lot of stuff tonight. But you know what I'm saying? You know how we do, man. Some of this stuff, it you know, it, it has to be talked about. It's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, at the end of the day, man, we got it. We're we're required to shed light on this stuff, stuff that remains in the darkness. You know, let's talk about broke it's kind of the same thing. Let's talk a little bit about Bernie Sanders. A lot of people are feeling the burn as we get closer to it being a little bit, uh, you know, being revealed who will be the Democratic nominee, who will be the Republican nominee. You know, these, these races are getting more and more a little tight, you know, a little more contentious, if you will. Uh, Bernie Sanders versus Hillary, uh, Ted Cruz, and John Kasich versus Donald Trump and all these guys. You know, I, I've, I've touched on Bernie Sanders before. One of the things that I'll say um, about Bernie, out of all the candidates I like, well, I'll just say this, I like Bernie Sanders. I like him. Um, he's saying a lot of things that that are, have not ever been said politically uh, before, um, and so I respect that about him. Uh, one one reason though I can't support Bernie is is that um, he's he doesn't keep it real. He keeps it real about some things, many things, but he doesn't keep it real about his views on religion. And we've talked, we've touched on this on this show before. But um, you know, Bernie Sanders, from what I understand, was was is Jewish, and he's very particular about when he embraces that religion. I've heard him downright deny it. 
You know, I've heard in other instances, oh, yeah, he's Jewish in certain circles, in certain instances. It's like he wants to focus on, on the fact that he is Jewish when it, when it, when it benefits him. But, I, you know, I've seen him on debate stages. People ask him, like, yo, what, what is your religion? Like, what do you feel? What do you believe? And he says he 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 hasn't he didn't totally avoided it totally denied it. He said, "Look, I'm not." He said, "I'm not religious. My religion is helping the poor. My religion is helping people overcome and beat the rigged political system." I'm like, "What? That's your religion?" Like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> I can't, you know what I'm saying? If you if you'll deny your own religion, <laughs> you, you can't be trusted. And again, and I and I like Bernie Sanders for the most part, but it's like that one aspect. I'm like, "Yo, like." Are you, are you Jewish or not? Like, what's up? Um, so there's that. But one of the things about Bernie is that he talks a lot about this rigged system, the rigged political system, right? I mean, that's his whole his whole thing. He's got commercials airing here in, in, in Pennsylvania about this rigged political system. And um, I, I just wanted to say, I mean, like, and I said this on Facebook earlier, and I've been waiting to talk about this. I mean, we've been touching on it, but I just, it, it's just weird to me that so many people, you know, support Bernie Sanders, who also supported Barack Obama. And I, you know, it's like the whole Obama crowd has trans, trans, uh, basically is following. They transferred their, their allegiance to Bernie, and it's just like, well, like, how do you do that? Because if you notice, he said his whole slogan is "Real Change." And I'm like, real change. Well, what do you mean by that, Bernie? Like, what, what, what do you, what, what are you saying? Are you implying that because the, the only person that's ran a platform, a political platform on change, was Barack Obama? So if you're, I mean, you're saying real change, as if Obama's change was not real, as if it was fake. Otherwise, there'd be no need to say real change. Your whole thing would just be change. So you're basically saying like, yo, there was no change. Over the last eight years, in fact, you're saying that Obama was actually put in place by, ironically, the rigged system that he speaks that so many people are adopting. And I'm just, I'm just like, you guys have know I've talked about politics. We did a live show the night of election day, the night Obama was elected. We were on the air, and I said, just watch the polls, watch CNN. This whole thing is a setup. It's rigged. I've been, you guys, you know me. I've been talking about the politics being rigged for years, for the last 10 years, in fact. So this whole rigged economy, I've been saying that. We did a whole show on the Federal Reserve being the biggest scam in, in, in American history. This, this is well documented over the last several years. So now everybody, now Bernie Sanders is saying, oh, it's rigged economy, rigged government. Well, of course it's rigged. That's nothing new. But my whole question is, it it wasn't rigged when Obama ran. Like, I mean, did it just become rigged? Like, what? nobody was saying the economy or the government was rigged when Obama was on, but now all of a sudden it's. I'm just. I mean, help me out, Courtney. What, when when did it become rigged? I mean, is this something new to people? Like, what do people think, or don't they think? They don't think, and this is what I believe about um, Obama supporters that are now supporting Bernie Sanders. I feel like it's for, um, it's, you know, they're jumping on this bandwagon because they're looking at his role um, in the civil rights movement. They, they're looking at Killer Mike's support of him, and they're looking at it and say, okay, well, he's down for us. 
then let's, you know, we can feel the burn. And they're jumping on the bandwagon. I know people personally that are doing so for those reasons. And so it's not about his actual, like what he actually stands for. It's not about his platform. I think the majority of people that support Bernie Sanders can't even tell you what he really stands for. They can't. They probably don't even watch the debates. I can't speak for everybody, but I'm just saying I think a lot of it is just this whole bandwagon. And um, my, my thing is if you're going to support somebody, at least know what they stand for and acknowledge that, okay, I support this person because of X, Y, and Z, because they believe X, Y, and Z, and that coincides um, with my beliefs. But that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, here's the the thing about it is is this is what y'all what people have to realize is, and it's all it's all propaganda. You know, Bernie Sanders has been dubbed this, you know, the the black candidate or whatever. But I mean, the reality is, Bernie Sanders is gonna lose. I mean, y'all know that, right? Like, it's not it's it's gonna be Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. That's what it's gonna be. And and if you look at if you follow the primaries, if you watch the, the debates, Bernie Sanders is only winning. In in white states or or states that have a lower middle class or lower to middle class white population, the states that 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 you know are like the the southern states where there's a, a high voter African American turnout. I mean, really, that those are states that Hillary Clinton is winning. You know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like you know people are a lot of people are full of it. A lot of people are claiming to support Bernie, African Americans, but they're not really supporting him. Because if you look at the, the the exit polls, if you look at the states, if you look at the turnout, like he is not even winning. And really, to be honest, he's not even being competitive amongst with African Americans. The states where it's like heavy African American turnout, he's not just losing; he's losing in a in huge, you know, by huge margins. And so we just got to start being honest with ourselves, guys. I mean, we really do. I mean, and I'd rather, I'd actually, to be honest with you, I'd rather the consistency because Hillary Clinton is a Barack Obama clone. She's never disagreed with anything he said. Her her entire platform is 100% contradict, or excuse me, 100% in line with Obama. And so, I mean, it's it's kind of, I mean, it just makes no sense politically to have voted for Obama but also vote for Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders represents the exact opposite of what Barack Obama. I mean, Barack Obama has re- has received, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars from corporations, billionaire corporations. The same people that Bernie Sanders is talking about and Donald Trump are talking about are buying elections, the whole rigged system. Those are the, Barack Obama has received more money from billionaire corporations than in any presidential candidate in the history of the, of the country. So everything Bernie Sanders is talking about, he's talking about people like Hillary Clinton and people like Barack Obama. The same pe- all the money that Hillary Clinton – Hillary Clinton made, what was it, like uh, – Something like Bernie Sanders made two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars last year. He released his taxes. He made two hundred fifty thousand. Hillary Clinton made something like twenty five million last year. <laughs> she received no. That's what it was. She received two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars for one speech. That's what Bernie Sanders made in his whole year. And so, I mean, it's like Barack Obama did, has did that same thing. Those same billionaire. Sponsors 
you know, cronies are putting her in office the way they put him in office. And so it, I'm just saying, I want you guys to think about this, though. I want you to understand the process. It's, it makes no sense whatsoever, just listen to what I'm saying, to have supported Obama, but also to support Bernie Sanders. And it, does, it makes no sense to support Obama, but to not support Hillary Clinton because their platforms are identical. You understand that? And so it just makes no sense. I just want people to understand that it makes no sense. Because I'm seeing a lot of people, oh, yeah, I voted for Obama, so but now I'm voting for Bernie Sanders. Like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, really, why? There's no reason to. It makes no Y'all get it. Um, so what else, man? So, that, I mean, that's just, like I said, there's a lot going on. I really don't have a lot to say about Donald Trump. The last several shows we've been talking a lot about Donald Trump. I mean, I don't have too much to say. Um, I mean, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. I would just say don't fall for a lot of the media propaganda that they're still pushing out there. Me personally, I don't believe Donald Trump is a racist. He hasn't said not one racist thing. Like I said, he's put in some place, or some ideas, some ideologies, a few plans that I personally don't agree with. But as far as calling those plans, quote, unquote, racist, no, nah, I mean, that's that's all media hype. That's all. So I'm just saying be intelligent. You know, think for yourselves. Make decisions for yourself. Don't allow the media to influence or sway your opinion based on 30-second sound bites, you know, altered clips of these ridiculous uh, rallies where they're just focusing on one thing and, and it's, the whole thing is something totally different. So just, just have a brain. Just think. Don't, you know, don't be a, you know, a, a slave to the the media. All right. What else is going on out here, Corey? A lot of a lot of stuff going on out here in, in the in the world. What's going on with Bill O'Reilly? I know you uh wanted to talk about Bill O'Reilly tonight. What what he's been in the news for making some what's considered controversial statements lately? Yes, he has because um what happened was Donald Trump made a statement and he was saying that, you know, it's his intention to create um, were jobs for African Americans if elected, and so what happened was Bill O'Reilly, you know, he fired back, just stating that um, many of them, being African Americans, uh, black people, are not qualified to work because he says that we are ill-educated and we have tattoos on our foreheads. And I know that people are just going crazy over that statement, you know, saying, "Well, he's racist. How could he say?" something like that about us. And, but the thing about it, to me, it, it's true. A lot of us do have tattoos on our foreheads, like literally for some of us, and a lot of us don't have education, but we expect to have everything handed to us without, you know, making sure that we do our part. Um, you know, how can we want to have higher wages? How can we want to have more jobs if we can't even come into an interview you know, being professional, if we can't do our part of it, you know. And so it's. I think a lot of the backlash of Bill O'Reilly is because I think it hurts to look in the mirror and admit the things that we struggle with, but I think that's the only way that we can make any type of improvement to say, you know what, that's true. I mean, he's he's right. <clears throat> I, I want to direct everyone to a special we did uh, a few years ago, on uh, it was entitled Bill O'Reilly vs. Beyonce. I think I actually rebroadcasted it uh, over the last couple of weeks, and um, it was, you know, surrounding his commentary on um, just Beyonce and the the imagery that she puts forth, the the negative imagery, the the fact that she puts herself out there as a role model, and yet, you know, at the same time 
poses nude or half nude or, you know what I'm saying, and the influence and the effect that that has on these influential children, you know, the people in the hood who look up to her, who don't have parents to be the, the gatekeeper of what music comes into the household. And just he spoke about that. And I did a whole show on it where I went and I posted on my Facebook page, I said I 100% agree with him with that, and I agreed then, um, and I agree with this now. And I, it's, it's actually said that no white person can make a statement about black people, about, about the black community, no matter how true it is, without it being – that's not to say that white people don't make racist comments, because absolutely they do. But I'm saying – it's that now we live in a, a society where everyone wants to be so politically and socially and racially correct that literally anything that's said, if you're white, about blacks, it's quote-unquote racist. The whole Mexican thing. It's ridiculous. You know, Donald Trump is a racist because he made a, a racist comment about Mexicans. Yo, no, he didn't. Like, that's the thing about it. It's, like, amazing to me. It's, like, how the media just twisted that, and that's what they do. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you say, hey, look, yeah, Mexican people are great. I work, I have Mexicans that work for me, this and that. But there are a lot of illegal Mexicans who are coming over to this country committing crimes. He said many of them are rapists. Many of them are criminals. And, and all of a sudden, that's racist. And it's like, what? No, that's true. That's 100% true. Many Mexicans are racist. Many illegals that come over here do commit crimes. Do Are all of them criminals? Do, are all Mexican rapists? Of course not. No, he didn't say that. I'm not saying nobody said that. But yes, absolutely. There's a huge crime rate uh, as far as illegal immigrants. That's the whole point. Why we need some form of you know border control? People say, oh no, we shouldn't build a wall up. Well, what the heck would you want? People coming in illegally like they do now? Like, what would you want? Why would you not have a wall? Why would you not have a secure border? Why would you want just anyone, everybody coming into our country? That makes no sense whatsoever. And so I th I'm glad that we have a conversation now about uh, illegal immigration because it it's a major problem in this country. But everything isn't racist. And so now we here we go again with Bill O'Reilly saying, well, you know, there are a lot of people who are undereducated who, you know, I mean, you know, who do have tattoos all over their body, on their faces, and, and ex have the audacity to expect to be getting a job that pays more than minimum wage. It's it's amazing. Like I've been in corporate America for twenty years, and it's just like people don't understand. To I mean, forget you know how it is, Courtney. To make, yo, to make forty thousand, you gotta have an airtight resume in today's society. You gotta come to the interview looking super professional, business suit, fresh haircut, shirt and tie. You know, your resume got to be tight, college degree. And that's to make 40000 Just Forget actually having a salary where you can make, you know, you can really support your family and really be financially stable and comfortable. You know, you got to be the cream of the crop at this point. I mean, I'm saying to even make 35000 you got to have all that stuff tight. So now we have people who've never been to college, who've done nothing but stand on a corner, many of them, some, you know what I'm saying, but really think that they're getting hey, tattoos on the body, tattoos on the face, and really think they're getting these jobs. And so, I mean, that's just from a logical standpoint. That's just common sense. Everyone sees those people. You wouldn't hire those same people. So why would you expect these, business, these, you know, these corporate America recruiters to hire them? 
for these high paying jobs when you wouldn't even hire them to to wash your car, let alone to pay them a, a you know a decent salary. So what Bill O'Reilly was saying is not racist, but it's it's common sense. Forget the truth; it's just common sense. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. You know, if I can say it, why can't he say it? It's the same statement. It's just the fact that he's white and I'm black. I'm Bill Cosby said the same thing. He said, "Look, we need families. Cut your son's hairs. You know, do your have some have your raise your daughters to have some self respect for themselves." Stop making babies you can't pay for. Stop getting these tattoos all over your body. That stuff Bill Cosby was saying back in the day. Look what they did to him. You know what I'm saying? Look what they're doing to Bill O'Reilly just for speaking the truth. Even, I mean, even Donald Trump, for, to a certain extent, he said a lot of the same things. But when I said it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's great. Or maybe it's not great. Maybe y'all hate me too. I, you know, I don't know. You know, but the truth is truth. I mean, or am I missing something, Courtney? No, not at all. So, I mean, you know, we got to, you know, and again, I have a lot to say about the black community tonight. Like, I have a list of things that I just want to talk about, and it's, you know, it's extensive. But, you know, and it, this has just been a very tough week because, I mean, there's been so much stuff. I don't know if y'all watched the news. I mean, just here in Philly, I mean, this has been a very tough week, one of the toughest weeks from a, a violence standpoint that I can remember. Not just, I mean, there's always violence. I mean, we, I mean, we are the most violent race of people that I've ever seen in my life. Okay, I mean, I've never seen anything like it before. We're just savages, the black community as well. And I'm so sick of sugarcoating it. I'm so sick of shifting the focus to white people, to police brutality, when we ourselves are savages. There've been over. This is only April. There've been only over a thousand shootings in Chicago. Over what, sixty-six, something like that. Court. I mean, you know the number. This ridiculous. The number of murders were only in April. This is going to be. We're going to have record shootings. You know, we're going to have record murders all across the country. We are savages, okay? Not everybody, but collectively, our community is savages, okay? And something has to be done. Anyone who says differently either doesn't have a TV set, is oblivious to what's really being shown on the news, or, you know, or just being, being around you. You know, they're just absolute savages, you know, and so I think what we got to do is, I mean, you look at just this week here in the Philadelphia area, okay, a girl, the be- and this is the beginning of the week, a young girl in like in elementary school, in eighth grade, was stabbed in a fight, stabbed in, I mean, who, first of all, how do you even have knives in school? First of all, how do you have knives in elementary school? We're not even talking about high school, elementary school, a young girl was stabbed. You understand that? It was stabbed. Craziness. Yesterday, a young girl in high school was killed, and this is in Philly, killed in the bathroom, in the bathroom fight. I've seen fights in the bathroom. Nobody got killed. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, you want fire? Come on, let's go in the bathroom. But like, you, weren't, like, no, you weren't getting jumped. It was like, you want to have a fair one, but you don't want to get suspended or expelled from school. Let's go in the bathroom fight. Somebody watch the door. We're going to duke it out, and then after that, it's over. They They killed a young girl. In the bathroom here, one of these schools. You know what I'm saying? Like, Quilly. I don't know if y'all know, y'all follow hip-hop. Quilly was, is one of the more popular local Philly artists. You know, had some you know, some popular music out over the last few years. This guy was shot. You know what I'm saying? Was shot. If you know anybody who knows hip-hop, you probably heard the name Quilly. This guy was shot just by niggas. I mean, we are just killing each other. 
at, at like an alarming rate, and it's just like you know, it, it's I feel like it's just we are oblivious to it. We've become desensitized to it, you know, and we just I feel like the media, I feel like us as a people, we literally look for ex- excuses and reasons to not focus on the savagery that exists only within our community. I mean, there are idiots out here saying there's no such thing as black-on-black crime. There's just crime. I'm like, are you stupid? Like, what? I mean, seriously, like, what are you saying? Like, what do you mean, like, right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, as if we are not savages out here in these streets. I mean, literally. I'll be honest with you. I keep it real. This is keeping it real Friday. I have, I've been, like, y'all know, I go out. I do some things. I have a few businesses. I, but I've been going out naked, Okay. I've been going out naked. You're like, what are you talking about? You went out naked. I've been going out naked. The reason why is because my my gun permit. Y'all know me. I carry you know a, a, a firearm. It's like the wild wild west out here, literally. But my uh, permit expired. It was expired. Uh, you know, every five years you have to renew it. And so I kind of, you know, I I didn't time it right. So for the last week or so, a couple weeks. My permit has been expired. So, you know, your permit's expired. You can't carry a gun. You can have something in your house, but you can't carry it on your person. So, literally, I've been walking out the house naked because I can't carry my, 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 my friend with me, as my wife calls it. And, I mean, it's, it's a shame that, you, that I feel like that. It's a shame that black men have to feel like that. And that most men know what I'm saying. Most men I know, they carry guns for, this, for the very same reason. The irony is that most black men got guns. Ladies, if you don't believe me, ask around. Ask your homies. Ask your brothers. Ask your cousins. Ask whoever you know that's a black man. I'm like, yo, have you ever thought about carrying a gun? What you mean? I got one on me now. You know what I'm saying? It's like they have permits. And then, if we, you know, everyone wants to paint this picture. It's like, oh, you know, the, the police brutality. Listen. No one carries guns to have shootouts with the cops. <laughs> that's not why you get guns, guys. Like, that's not at all why any man gets a gun. No man gets a gun because he feels unsafe around cops. That's not, I mean, I talk to men every day. I know men. I carry a gun myself. No, Listen to what I'm saying to you. No one does that. Yes, there may be a fear. Yes, there may be some uh, racist cops. There's some, you know, they're, they're shooting Shoot first, ask questions. Like, yes, everyone knows that you're going to do the best you can to avoid that from happening to you. But that is not the mentality of black men. No one is going out into these streets with the mentality of, wow, I got to carry my gun in case I get pulled over the cops and I'm going to shoot out with the cops like Queen Latifah and set it off. That's not at all. The, the reason these black men are carrying guns, just about all professional black men that you know, is for other niggas. That's a fact, and whether or not people, you know, are honest enough to admit that, you know, is a whole different story. But that is what's going on out here, and we got to start being honest. And so what I'm saying is, let's stop the oh everything is racist. Every let's blame the system. Let's blame the white man. Let's blame the police departments. I mean, these are all things that could still use improvement, but we have to start looking at ourselves first. Um, we have to start self-reflecting. We got to start self-examining, self-policing. You know, being vigilant. I mean, I'm out here in these streets every day, and I can't tell you. You know, I mean, these niggas, man, they are killing each other. I mean, I hear gunshots. I hear, I see fights. 
I see fights about to happen. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about this, been talking about this for the last several years. Y'all know me, TRC Hair Studio. I closed this studio because specifically because of gunshots, bullets flying, you know, outside my freaking business door. I had to spend thousands of dollars to get the business started, not just on the business, but on bars for the windows. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just thousands of dollars just on bars. You know what I'm saying? Just on um you know the uh what's the name you know the the stuff you know the thing you pull down the gate that you pull down over the over the windows over the whole thing you know what I'm saying thousands of dollars that I can show you all the invoice it's like twenty seven hundred dollars just forget the 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 shop chairs the 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 hair dryers the the rent forget all that stuff twenty seven hundred dollars just on a freaking some some a security system. That's not even a security. That's just the bars. I mean, how crazy that white people don't have to. That's not an expense white people have to have, Courtney. Well, how come we got to have that for our own people? Because we attack each other. We rob each other. You see them robbing businesses and all of that stuff. It's a shame. Yeah. Right. We, one of, I'll be honest with you guys. We've done a lot of shows, but probably, what, three or four live shows ago, um, our special on Black Lives Matter was one of my personal favorite shows just because we talked about the the hypocrisy of that movement, the hypocrisy of that statement, and we and we talked about it. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Listen to it. You know what I mean? That was the whole show was, was specifically on, you know, Black Lives Matter. I mean, I, you know, here, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and I wanted to talk about it on that show. We kind of didn't get a chance to, but, yo, we talk about Black Lives Matter. Yo, we... If Black Lives Matter, let me just ask you a question. If Black Lives Matter so much, why? I mean, just turn on your radio. Black music today, as it's being heard in in mainstream radio, is is literally horrible. I mean, there's not a word strong enough to express the fact how horrible Black radio is right now. Okay, I mean seriously. I mean, like, go like right now. Turn on your radio. You will hear someone like Future or Young Thug. It's just noise. You know, it's just noise. But like they're they're talking about. I mean, it's not even the fact that it's noise. That's you know. I mean, it is noise. Be clear about that. Nothing but noise. Garbage. One hundred percent pure, unadulterated garbage. Um, but aside from that, the content. Is about guns, you know, Rick Ross, Meek Mill, guns, drugs, violence, sex, you know, popping mollies, freaking lean, which was what Trayvon Martin was high off of when he when he actually attacked George Zimmerman, which led to George Zimmerman shooting him. A lot of people, you know, got the whole thing wrong. They never, you know, looked at the forensic evidence. That's a whole other show that we've already done. But you see what I'm saying, like. It's stuff glorifying violence. This, I mean, listen to what I'm saying to you. The same violence that is such a problem when it's directed towards us, the Sandra Bland, the Mike Brown, the Trayvon Martin, that same violence is the same violence that's literally being flooded by the mainstream entertainment industry into our community, but we are embracing it. 
I, I mean, literally, turn on, if you're from Philly, Power 99 or know, New York, Hot 97, wherever you're from, turn on your urban radio. The irony is they don't, <clears throat> we don't even play, I mean, they're, they're iconic, um, you know, artists out there. Everybody loves Prince, right? Since we're talking, we're talking about Prince, everyone loves Prince. Turn on your radio. Courtney, when's the, you live in Philly, when's the last time you heard Prince on urban radio? It's been a long time. I can't even tell you. Yo, I mean, think about I me. Mean, think about what I'm saying to y'all. Everyone loves Michael Jackson. He's got albums out. Janet Jackson is on tour. Just canceled the tour, but has a, a new album out. Everyone loves Janet. They don't even play Janet Jackson on urban radio. The people who we claim are our, you know, what I'm saying the most loved people. We don't even play. We play these weirdos that only glorify sex, drugs, and violence. But Black Lives Matter. I could see if everybody retired. I could see if there was no Michael Jackson music, no Janet Jackson music, no Tank music, no Brian McKnight music, um, you know, Gladys Knight. Who were, I mean, like, even people who are relevant, Avant, um, <clears throat> Joe. Joe had a new album out recently. Uh, uh. Keith Sweat has some new music out. People who, you know, regular, actual R&B artists who are still relevant, you know. Jill Scott has a new album out. India R.E., Alicia Key. Like, these are people who are now going to the, the quote-unquote adult radio, you know, that's not really that popular. That now they're, you know what I'm saying, it's, let's just focus on the thugs, the young thugs, the the weirdos, the people who glorify violence. But we have the audacity to say black lives matter. Well, what about black music matters? What happened to quality music? Uh, Tyrese. Tyrese is out. He's got a new album out. How, you don't hear Tyrese. You don't even hear Tyrese being played on urban radio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's amazing. It's amazing. This guy's got a, a sh- um, he's a movie star. He's got a show on OWN. But in a new album, they don't even play his freaking Patti LaBelle. They don't play his music. Marcus Houston has new music out. The people, the the they don't even play. First of all, they don't even play R and B music anymore on urban radio. If you want to be honest, they don't even play R and B music. They play like sex music, you know. And that's what it is. And so that's just something I've, I'm sorry. That's something I've been wanting to talk about for a while now. Like the, just the state of black music, mainstream. Now again, I understand that. There's there's still artists out there that are grinding there, you know, who haven't actually sold their soul that are actually interested in just making quality music and getting that music heard. I understand there are artists out there, you know, but unfortunately it's like I'd like to see us as conscious individuals who claim to care, I'd like to see us embracing those people, you know, because these songs that are on the radio now are only on the radio because – People are requesting them because people actually listen to them. You know, I mean that's that's a that's a problem. I mean, I don't know. That's just how I feel. I mean, how, how do you? I mean, is that valid? Is that something you've thought about, Courtney? Oh yeah, all the time, and that's why I don't listen to this stuff. Like this music now is it's not good and it's draining. Like when I was listening to it, I found myself feeling like drained by it because they weren't talking about anything and those lyrics and the things that they talk about you take into your spirit and you don't even realize it so imagine those people that are already living you know that kind of lifestyle you know 
you know, shooting up people or doing drugs, all that stuff, and they listen to songs with those lyrics, it, like, it reinforces that behavior. And then it's just this cycle of endless violence. They just were talking about not so long ago, maybe a week or two ago, this 83-year-old woman in Philly, here in Philly, was killed. And it's like, when are we going to stop? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying to y'all. Like, that, this has been a very tough couple. I mean, that, that, like she said, I'm, I mean, I'm in Philly. I heard that. It's horrible. An 83-year-old woman was robbed and killed, shot. Like, how do you just shoot an old woman? Like, what's wrong with people? Savages. You know, everyone knows the names of Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland. What's the name of the 83-year-old woman that was killed? How come nobody knows her name? Like, why is her life, why does her life have less value? Why is that not even national news? Why was that only on the Philly local news? The fact that, I mean, that should be, you would think, let's let an 83-year-old white woman get murdered in cold blood, you know, but because it's in the in the hood, you know, that's not popular. That's not newsworthy. And that should, out, that outrages me. That saddens me. That angers me. That should anger everyone. But again, we as a community, we've become desensitized to it, meaning we don't care <laughs> as a people. We just don't care. We can act like we care, but the reality is we as a people only care about death when it's at the hands of the white man. That's the truth. Okay, I mean, there's a black person killed by another black person literally every single day of the year. Three hundred. There will never, there will not be one day this year that there will not be some a murder committed. You know what I'm saying? Of a black man by another black man. Every single day of the year, there will be one. And yet, the reality is, we just don't care. You know. And so, I think we all need to go to sleep tonight thinking about like, like, wow, yo, that's crazy. We're talking about white cops killing people when we got when we're killing ourselves literally every single day. You know what I mean? I mean, I I don't know. That's that's just I'll never become desensitized. That will never be okay with me. You know, I don't care what happens. That will always be the number one problem in our community. You know, until it's not. Now, speaking of which, people say, "Yo, you know what? What's some of these issues you have with the Democratic Party? What's you know?" What 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 issues do you have with Obama? Like he's cool. I mean, whatever. He's done some good things. My thing is this, because again, we say okay, Black Lives Matter. So to to me, when I hear that, it's like our lives matter. The the lives of our youth matter. So let's let's give our youth the opportunity to have some success by putting them around positive people, putting in positions of power and influence. People who have our best interests at heart, you know. And so when I hear about when it's national news that Barack Obama has invited Nicki Minaj to the White House, when I hear that the, the, about the friendship that Obama has with people like Jay Z and Beyonce and Kanye West, people who are literally responsible or play a major role in the negative influencing of our youth. The overly overly sexualization of our youth, the 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 ringleader, the two ringleaders, you know, in, in instilling the the low self esteem in these young girls, the promiscuous uh, nature in these young girls, just the the self hatred, 
You know, and she when Nicki Minaj uses terms like nappy-headed hoes and, you know, talking about how beautiful her Brazilian weave is, as if to say there's something wrong with actually being, you know, black. You know what I mean? Like, these, these, they say stuff like that. They say, like, yo, if your hair is nappy, you're ugly, or, you know, or it's, if you're not foreign or you don't look at or talk exotic, like you're from someplace else or of or of another nationality, then you're somehow less than. Like these are things that literally Beyonce and and uh you know, Nicki Minaj rap about and sing about. I mean, really listen to the words of formation. Listen to the words of flawless, which we we've gone through and broken down and dissected over the last several months. We've done this stuff. But listen to them on your own time and you'll be like, yo, Imagine if your daughter, would you let your daughter listen to that stuff? Just imagine that these, these young girls are, are inhaling that stuff every single day the, the, just, and, and how it makes them feel about themselves. It's disgusting to me. And then you have people like the President of the United States putting his stamp of approval on Nicki Minaj and her lyrics and everything that she represents. You know, having these young girls thinking that you're only good for the size of your ass. That's her whole message, you know, having dual sexuality is somehow cool. That's what she represents. And you have Obama bringing this person to the White House, celebrating this person. It's, it's disgusting to me. I cannot respect anybody who, who co-signs that type of negativity, especially when it impacts and influences our youth. No respect whatsoever. You know, I can never respect any man or female who, who co-signs that. And so, you know, you have these, these people in positions of power, the Michelle Obamas who are going to school to school with Beyonce, doing these role model type of activities, the dancing and the whole fitness thing. Okay, yeah, that's great, but those same people are now buying the Beyonce album. They're still now buying the Nicki Minaj album. They're still adopting that stuff because Michelle Obama said it's okay. Barack Obama says it's okay. But guess what, guys? It ain't okay. You know, you can't say black lives matter and then not look at the people who are negatively impacting the young black lives who will later on be affected by, ironically, the same things that black lives matter supposedly fights against. You know, it's, it's actually ridiculous. So, And that's just something that had been on my mind. Couple other things. Yes, like I said, it's a lot going on. So it's a lot of positive stuff too. We got Harriet Tubman coming to the twenty dollar bill. How do you feel about that, Court? That's what's up. I was I was happy about that. They said it's supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, twenty twenty, I think. But I believe the, so. yeah. yeah, the announcement was made. I, I thought that was good. It was it's her, and then I think on the back of it, it's like other historical figures um, as well. I can't remember which ones at the point at this point, but um, yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, it's cool, it's nice, but I mean, I really don't care about that to be quite honest with you. I mean, I don't. I, mean, I, I could care less uh, to be real. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I'd rather us celebrate ourselves. I mean, there, there are people out here. You know, more more people than not, unfortunately, at this point, who really have no idea or could, or couldn't give a damn about who Harriet Tubman is or or what she represents. I mean, that's you know that's the reality of it. 
you know, because we got parents out here who have no idea who Harriet Tubman is. We got adults. We got kids. Most kids have no idea. They're not teaching this stuff in these schools. They're not teaching in school. That's, I mean, you know, kids are getting killed in school. Kids are, you know, not even worried about learning. They're worried about staying alive in these schools. A lot of them, I mean, do people even realize that these inner city schools are like war zones? I don't think people even realize that. Like, you've be, you got to be, like, crazy, you know, or just demented to send your kids to some of these inner city public schools. You got, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not even, but let Bill O'Reilly say that he's a racist, but I'm saying it. You got to be a real horrible parent to send your kid. And that's no disrespect to anybody, but I can't respect that. If you know that people are literally fighting to the level that they are, people getting killed, their knives, their guns, there's drugs, it's in a freaking drug zone, a war zone, a gang zone, and you willingly and knowingly send your kid to that, you failed as a parent. You know what I'm saying? You know, you have. You know, like I tell you guys all the time, my parents made sacrifices. I'm making sacrifices for my kids. And so if you're the type of parent who isn't willing to make certain sacrifices for your kids, there's a serious problem. You know, and and there is. There is a serious problem in, in, in uh, society and, our, and specifically in our community. And so, um, you know, I mean, it's just it's horrible. You know, it's really horrible. You know, and, and, and it's like nobody seems to care. People say, well, the funding, there's, you know, lack of funding. The government doesn't fund these schools. That's true. They need to fund the schools. But it's just like, you know, I mean, it's like pouring money into a freaking, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like you're, they're pouring money, just throwing it away. And it shouldn't be like that. The whole system is messed up. The whole system is messed up. It's designed for us to fail, which, again, is why there need to be more sacrifices. If you know you're complaining about it, you know what it is. You know there's no funding in the schools. You know it's a war zone, but yet you you complain about it, but you still send your kids there. I mean, what kind of sense does that make? These schools are still filled with people. There's still Catholic schools. There's still private schools. There's, there's other options, some of these charter schools. There's options, but people would rather complain and still put their kids in. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a different type of person. But does that make any sense? I know you don't have kids, Courtney, but does that make any sense? No, not at all. I don't know, man. What's going on with the twerking teacher? Did you? I mean, I mean, I want to talk about that real because I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a story about a, a a young white woman who was a teacher. She went away to spring break. And she, um, you know, she was she was she was a freak, and so she was she's out there twerking on spring break, and the video went viral, and she got fired. Now there was a, there was a question posted: Do you feel like she should have been fired for that, Courtney? Yes, absolutely, and, and this is why, because you know I'm hearing like a lot of arguments about it. You know, a lot of people are saying, well. You know, that's what she was doing in her free time. She wasn't hurting anybody. You know, she didn't deserve to get fired. I believe so because she is teaching young children. And so just children, period. Forget young, forget the word young. She's teaching children. And so, you know, I I look to teachers just to be, to hold uphold themselves with respect. And so if you're twerking and doing all this other stuff, I mean, and you're teaching young, impressionable children, I don't even see how, like, you, you can't come back from that. Like, you really can't. And then I, I I wouldn't want someone teaching my child that is, like, twerking. Now, this is what I will say, though. 
and I I was saying that, you know, this is really no, no different from a lot of teachers out here. You know, a lot of teachers are twerking, going on these exotic vacations and doing different things like that. The only difference here is that she was just caught on camera doing it. And, and that's you're one hundred percent right. Is that's the issue I have? I'd like there to be some consistency. I mean, um, to be honest with you, I mean, I mean, it's it's a tough situation. I mean, I think that we have to. I don't think you can penalize somebody for going away in their private time doing the things that basically everybody else is doing, especially when there's no no real set regulation in place that speaks against that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, if there was a rule that said, you know, if you get caught twerking and the video goes viral, then you will be fired and then somebody goes away and they're twerking. It was like, where do you draw the line, though? I mean, I know teach. I mean, see, that's the thing. Like, I'm a different type of person, though. Like, when I was in college, see, I went to school with a lot of these teachers. You know, like, when I was in school as a communication major, I'm 38 years old. So a lot of these women were early elementary education majors when they were 18. Now, fast forward, they're 38. So, you know, if you're 38, you've, you're probably, you might be a teacher or a principal. I mean, you know, it's a lot of hoes back then in college. It was a lot of freaks back then, a lot of early elementary education majors, you know, who were getting in. They were studying in the books, but they were getting it in. They were grinding, twerking. And so a lot of that behavior has, has stayed with them. You know, and so I'm not judging. I'm just saying that it's a lot of hoes out here. And so if you're going to fire her for twerking, what are you going to do with the teacher who just got a train ran on her? You know, I mean, seriously. You know, she's she she's sitting at the crib and she gets a call, late night call from her, her friends with benefits. But the friend with benefits calls up his homie and now they, they decide to pay her a joint visit. And she's cool with that. But then on Monday, that happens Saturday night. Now on Monday, she's reading your, your child nursery rhymes. And it's just like, is that who you want teaching your kids? So I think, you know, it's it's just, again, it comes back to the parents. Don't, the te- the the school system should not be the, you know, the authority on who your child is basically educated by. If, you know, I mean, let, let me not feel comfortable in for any in any way for any reason about my any of my children's teachers you know they're not going to be taught by that person period but these parents are relying on the school system to to do their jobs for them i mean i i've seen some of these teachers getting teaching some of these kids and i wouldn't let those teachers freaking you know do anything to my kids let alone teach them you know the the to read or some of the most important things that they'll learn is at that age i can't i look at some of these kids i'm like yo who are your teachers i look at some of these teachers i'd be like who are you teaching why are these parents letting you teach these kids and this is stuff i just be looking like yo mate like am i in the twilight zone or something i know i asked that but i just i just don't understand it like how do some of these teachers who are tatted up can't even speak proper english just just nappy weaves teaching these freaking kids. What are you teaching them? How to be ghetto? How to be, how to not, how to, you know what I'm saying? Teaching them how not to be when they when they get older? I, I mean, I'm just asking these questions. I feel like they're honest, valid questions. I don't know, Court. I mean, 
I mean, for young people getting old, the white chick was twerking. She should have been fired. Some of your teachers need to be fired just for how they look, just for how they talk, not even speaking proper English. And so these are things that we as a community need to do a better job of as far as monitoring and just and just being aware of <laughs> because it's getting out of hand. Like go to your school right now. Go to your elementary school. Go to your go to your nursery, your preschool, and and you know ask. Just have a conversation with your teacher. And if she can't talk, if she can't speak proper English, if she doesn't speak like myself or Courtney, you're crazy for letting her teach your kids. I'm, and that's no disrespect to anybody, but I I you know I don't understand why you would do that. You know, if the again, if the parent, if the teachers are not speaking proper English, how do you think your child is going to grow up speaking? I mean, think of I me. Mean, is that is that a hard question, Courtney? No, it's not. That's why you have to be careful who teaches your children. I I just don't. It's like people don't even care, and I'm talking about the black community. It's like it's like okay, if you see something that you're not happy with, don't do. I'm saying do something about it. Don't just go with the flow. I mean, you know, that's that's just ridiculous. But it's a lot of going with the flow. You know, they just bust. They. I mean, I wouldn't even let my kids get on some of these school buses. I see these school buses pulling up, picking up some of these kids. I'm like, yo, you let your kids get on there with them? Like, what are you, crazy? I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, you do what you got to do. But, I mean, I, you, I, mean I, I, I honestly question, like, yo, do you even love your kids? Like, do you care about them? Like, do you, you let them walk to school? You let them be around these freaking niggas, nigglet kids? And not, y'all. Somebody, I I was. I remember one time I was getting uh, getting some work done on my car. This is a couple of years ago. It was crazy. I never seen anything like it. I'm getting some work done on my car, so I'm sitting in the waiting room, and like right outside, I see this little light skinned girl. I felt so bad for. Her. They this girl just these girls just ran up on her, and the one girl looked like a dude. She just had that what what B? You still talking? You know what I'm saying? Pop pop, punched in the face. Was slamming her head up against the, the the metal gate like bang bang bang, punching her knee in her in the face. I'm like, and it, it was the whole thing was like maybe ten seconds, like pop pop pop, punching her, punching her, kicking her, and she ran off. All the girls, they didn't run off, they just walked off. Like now what, B? And she was just you know crying, and nobody came to her aid, and uh, you know it was just like wow, you know what I'm saying? And that's something that won't be ever be on the news. It's just, but it's just like it happens every day. You know, and you see what happened with this young girl who was actually same type of situation, but unfortunately this young woman was was killed in the bathroom here in Philadelphia. So, I mean, I've seen it myself. Remember back in the day, I saw, me and my homie, shout out to Chuck if he's listening in, we went to Penn Charter. You guys know about Penn Charter, one of the best schools in the country. You know, all-white school. We were one of two, you know, two of, well, basically the only two black kids in our whole entire grade. And we, and so we, we go, and we're on this on the bus, you know, and uh, the bus was filled with black people, but it let let us off to go to you know go to Penn Charter, which is like I said, an all white school. So we get off the bus, and there were these ghetto chicks. I remember like it was yesterday. We were maybe we we're sixth grade, so we get off the bus. Or we're on the bus, and these black girls, ignorant black girls, going to this hood school, which is gritting on us. You know, gritting on this one girl in particular, and then she was another girl. She was I think a grade up from us, and she was black, but you know she quote unquote talked white. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that means. But, you know, very well-spoken, very intelligent. But I guess she was, you know, quote-unquote, looking at them a certain type of way. 
And so, you know, we it was just the three of us. We got off. We got off the bus. And the girls got off the bus. It was two girls. They got off the bus with us. Like, that's not your stuff. You know, darn well, you don't go to our school, you know. And so she walked up. They walk up on the girl. Her name was Jen. He was like, yeah, B, what's up? Yo, you still got a problem? She was like, you still, it was like simultaneous. She was like, you still got a problem? And as she said problem, boop, punched her right in the mouth. And, you know, and Jen, uh, she, I don't know if she talked white or what, but she gave that girl some work. You know what I mean? They got, she was, they, they probably regretted getting off at that stop. But the point is, this is like that type of pettiness. You know what I'm saying? And it shouldn't be like that. But yet, we'd be the first ones complaining about when something is done to us, but we don't ever say anything about that type of level, that level of ignorance amongst ourselves. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, I know that's how, like, you used to be the ones following people to, to school, talking about something, you got a problem fighting people. Like, why did you, why did you do that, Courtney? <laughs> Usually it was the other way around. Those people trying to fight me. I've been in fights, but you was trying to be funny, very, very funny. But um, <laughs> it's it's sad to see, and I've seen, you know, similar types of situations happen. I remember when I was living in Chicago, like you said, a similar situation. A girl got beat up, but I this girl she got beat up by boys and girls, and it was it was I felt bad for her. So I'm saying that to say, like you see those types of situations happen everywhere and it's just like what is going on I just have so many questions like how were you raised were you even raised you you know what I mean it's it's these children don't know better at all right and look at this and look at this we you know we haven't been live since this whole thing happened happened last week but I mean you look at the the the, uh, football player Will Smith from the uh, Saints who was shot now there's some conflicting, you know, reports as far as what actually happened. I guess all the facts are still coming out, but I mean, at the end of the day, this was someone. You see the video. The guy rammed into the back of the car. He follows him. You know, they pull over. You know, confrontation his head. Shoots him. Shoots his wife in the leg. You know, he's dead. She's in a hospital. It's just like, like what? What the heck is that? Like it's just like there's a serious problem. I mean, you know, with us. And, again, that's not to say that, you know, stuff like this only happens with us. There's, there aren't, you know, there's not violence in the white community. I mean, obviously there is. But I'm just saying there's no one would disagree that we, it's at a higher level, you know what I mean? It's It's worse with us, amongst us, you know, by us. And so, I mean, that's just another incident. I was just like, wow, man, you know, I saw some clips from the, little funeral or whatever, and it's just like just totally unnecessary uh, violence, you know, totally unnecessary. And be careful out there, guys. Be careful. I mean, I know a lot of y'all, you know, have road rage, you know, but that road rage, and myself included, you know what I mean? Courtney, see, I, I get road rage and I, with Courtney sometimes, and I'm not even driving, you know what I mean? And so, shoot, I'm going to be honest with you. I told you, we was driving. I keep it real. It's keeping real Fridays. I don't know if Courtney wants me to tell this story, but she's driving. We're going to do some stuff with the, with the, one of my cars that we uh, that we do uh, deal with. And, uh, you know, Courtney, I don't know if she cut somebody off or did something, and the lady rides up on us. Give us get the middle finger, F you, and, 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 you know, give us the finger and speed up. I said, Courtney, r- 
please. I said, please, Courtney, accelerate. I'm 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 honking her horn. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like beeping her horn. Yo, I'm like, yo, please ride up on that. You know, you know how it gets, like you you just wait. You're like, oh, please be a red light. Please be a red light. Like, drive up on him, please. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't ride up on. Him. I wanted her to do so bad just so I could, you know what I mean? Give them a piece. Actually, no, I wanted to pray for them. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to pray for them at the red light. You know what I mean? The irony with that is that's actually what Osho used. Osho would do. Like he used to do that, man. He used to pray for people at red lights. I told y'all that story before, but for the newer listeners, just a funny story. We're um, <laughs> me and Osho on the boulevard with the homies. We're going from, we're going somewhere, and uh, actually we were on the, either on the way to a club or from a club. But this was during the time where Osho made it was making his transition out of that lifestyle into the lifestyle where he's now in, living for God. But he wasn't all the way out yet. We were still, you know, he was still there. And so we were going into the, uh, we are going somewhere. He pulls up on this, uh, this this couple at the light. It turns out they were Muslim. He's like, excuse me, reaches over like, yo, excuse me, uh, you know, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And she's like, what? What you say? She's like, yo, he said, yo, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Do you love Jesus? She's like, no, we worship Allah. Allah lead our lives, this and that. And the dude was like, what? What did he say? She's like, yo, they talking about something. Jesus, we worship Allah. He was like, yo, what did he say? Yo, pull over. Bro. Come here. And he was like, yo, he was like, yo, pull off. Yo, pull off. And so we we sped off. I'm like, yo, get out of here. Yo, so we, we was out. But, I mean, you know, in retrospect, that's how you want to be, really, you know, as far as ministry and, you know, not having that fear. And so shout out to Osho. But um, yeah, man, it, you know it's getting crazy out here. You gotta be safe, y'all. Courtney, you gotta get that road rage in check, man. You know it's dangerous. You know, I, me. I even, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You gotta chill. You gotta relax. That was you. you know, was I didn't even have my permit. I told you, I, I'm out here naked. I don't even have my. I ain't even have nothing on. But still, you can, you're not gonna ride. You're not gonna ride up on me. Say f you and give me the finger. You know what I mean? And, and just ride. I can't. I can't let that slide. I don't know. But I, I, y'all pray for me, <laughs> for real. But um, yeah, man, it's crazy out here, though. What else? We're talking. I mean, so I mean, there's that. What else is going on out here? We're, this is all what's going on in the world, man. As you can see, this is uh, so much stuff going on in the world. So much. This go. This this is gonna be a what's going on in the world show. You know what I mean? We're gonna do a little ass state on a little bit later, but we. I mean, so much stuff going on. We got to talk about. We haven't been live. Been so much going on. So stuff has just been adding up, and we, you know, I've been. Courtney keeps a list of stuff. I keep a list of stuff. So we just got stuff adding, adding to the list. Um, and speaking, going back to school real quick. Um, is it, I, I like to watch Meredith Vieira uh, during the day sometimes. I don't know if you guys watch her at all, but she has an interesting show. Um, she has a similar segment to us. What's going on in the world? She has a what's hot uh, segment, um, and they talk about current events or whatever. And one of the, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the media lately about tran- this whole transgender thing, which is complete foolishness. I mean, they got this gay agenda pushed through. Now they're focusing on transgender. And so it's all ridiculous. We talked about a little bit about it last uh, last show when we talked about uh, what's going on in North Carolina in regards to the uh, the All-Star game or whatever. But um, they were having a debate, and there was a question of should children be allowed or transgender or, or, you know, children, or or not even transgender at that point, but just kids who are gay or would like to identify with a, a different sex. Should, like, should boys be allowed to wear skirts? And there was a debate about that. They were just going down the line, at, you know, well, Meredith was like, yeah, well, why not? 
Like, what's the big deal? I mean, I feel like these kids should just be able to do what they want to do, and why should you limit these kids? And the black chick was like, no, he shouldn't be able to wear no skirt. And I, and I agree with that. And I guess, I mean, we it's just it's just this whole celebrity thing. It's disgusting to me. The fact that you literally cannot be a celebrity, you cannot even be anywhere in the public spotlight on a mainstream level without having to sacrifice any morals or ethics or values that were previously there. You have to adopt a love for homosexuals. You have to adopt a love and acceptance for this whole transgender movement. You have to accept you know, people like Nicki Minaj and Beyonce and Jay-Z, no matter how much just hatred and and you know negativity they're spewing forth you have to accept not only do you have to accept it you have to embrace it you got to embrace things like horoscopes and halloween and magic and i mean literally i believe me i've been in the entertainment industry for years i know what it takes to to be at a different level you literally have to subscribe to everything that god hates and and it's just amazing like you know how you see how it goes every year they're talking about Halloween and they're talking about all this stuff, you know, with these celebrities and let you let you say anything even remotely close close to being opposed to homosexuality, gay marriage, anything, you even you are gone. You are absolutely gone. Kurt Schilling, who is a Hall of Fame pitcher, uh used to play for the Phillies and Arizona Cardinals was recently fired from e, uh, from yeah ESPN just because he said something publicly against trans, the transgender movement. It's like you're fired from a you know from a position. Just ironically, where you give your opinion, you're fired for giving your opinion on those types of, of matters. It's amazing. It's amazing to me. Did you hear about that, Courtney? No, I didn't, but at the same time, I can't say that I'm surprised because there are penalties, you know, when you speak up for your beliefs, um, you know, religious beliefs, it's a consequence to it. You're fired, you know, or a lot of times, you know, you die. Or I'm just saying, like, a lot of stuff just happens when you speak out. Right. Let me just, <clears throat> this is amazing to me. Watch this. This is crazy. I was, and I don't even watch this. I've never watched him. I've always known of him. I've always been aware of him, but I've never actually sat down and watched his sh- watched his show before. I was uh, had a business trip, so I had some extra time on my hands um, at the beginning of the week. I was out of town for a few days, so I'm in the hotel. I'm flipping, you know, flipping through channels. Ain't nothing on, and um, I come across Bill Maher. Now, again, I've never watched Bill Maher. I've never, you know, watched a full episode of any of his shows, but. I mean, evidently, this guy's a race. I mean, a, a atheist. Now, as as we just established, you literally cannot be a Christian and be a celebrity at the same time. When I mean Christian, you got to actually go back to la- the archives of last night's show, which was the definition of a real Christian man. You know, or really, I mean, it was on real Christian man, but really just a real Christian as opposed to a fake Christian. Because there's a lot of fake, it's like, oh, yeah, I love God, this and that. But at the end of the day, you support things that God hates. So it's just like, come on, how are you a Christian when you support things that God hates, that Christ himself hated? And so the crazy thing is you ha- you, you, can't, you cannot be on a platform and express your love for God and speak out against things that God hates. 
yet people like Bill Maher, I've, I was, this was amazing to me. I've never seen anything like it. This guy, his whole monologue, he did a whole like three-minute segment on 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 being an atheist and how he hates God and how he was just making a mockery of God. And his whole thing was just demeaning God. And I'm just like, yo, why is it okay to express your hatred for God or express your, you know, you know, points as it relates to current events in relation to God, you know, about whether it's abortion or homosexuality? Why can you talk about that? You know, if you as long as you disagree with God, but let you say something in defense of God, in, de, in in defense of what the Bible says, then you're totally kicked out of Hollywood. You're totally kicked out of the public eye. But yet, Bill Maher on HBO, one of the more popular talk show hosts on the more popular networks, can literally just bash God. I'm gonna try to find a link, but I'm sure you know he probably does it every night. I'm only, I've never watched him before. I'm pretty sure. If he spent three minutes on a random night, I'm pretty sure he does it on a regular basis. Like, why is that okay? I mean, have you ever thought about that, Courtney? I mean, yeah, I, I have because it's not just him. You know, it's it's a lot of celebrities that blatantly mock God, and it's just it's become okay at this point. Like, the audience is just, and it seems like, and it just may just be me, but it seems like. You know, when you see these monologues and you see God and you hear God being mocked, I should say, the audience, it seems like they laugh even louder. It's like, it's crazy. But it's it's kind of like those people are rewarded for having those beliefs. It's like, you know, they get a pat on the back and they get other, you know, different things because, you know, they're they're basically representing Satan. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, that's pretty much how it goes. And I'm just like, wow, man, that's, you know, that's crazy. So I think what you got to do is you got to look at um, just really at the end of the day what you believe, you know what I mean, and and make a decision about who who or what you stand for. You know, we'll, I'll probably re- be rebroadcasting our special on that. We did a whole special on on what you stand for, the word or the world, class, all-time classic show. Every time we play it. You know, it's just an all-time classic show. So check that out. Uh, when we, you know, next time we broadcast it. But um, so yeah, man, there's, there's a lot, still a lot going on in the world, man. Shout out to Kobe Bryant. You know, we we talked last time about him uh, retiring from the league. One of my favorite players, um, Jordan Iverson, Kobe. You know, my easily my top three players of all time. Probably in no particular order. It just depends on you know, what mood I'm in, who's at the top of the list, but they're probably equally all my favorites in, for different, in different ways and for different reasons. Um, but, you know, this guy dropped 60 points on his last game, you know, in the league. I mean, that's just, you know, that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? That might have just put him at permanently at the top of my list. I mean, because that's just, you know, nothing like that has ever been done before. And I actually watched the game. I don't know if you guys are sports fans, but he literally could have scored 80 points. I mean, he missed. He missed a whole bunch of wide open shots. He missed some, you know, layups and different things, and he scored sixty points. I'm just like, yo, he, it's amazing, man. So again, uh, congratulations to Kobe on a magnificent career in the NBA, and uh, you know he did his thing. So you know, speak now. Speaking that the playoffs are going on right now, and uh, LeBron James. We we did a show recently. He's a funny dude, man. LeBron is funny. Um, he we did a show though recently on it goes down in the DM. 
You know, a lot of you guys may know that song by uh, Yo Gotti, It Goes Down in the DM. And um, we did a show on It Goes Down in the DM, social media uh, hookups, you know, and just the whole dynamic behind Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, what really goes on in those direct messages, those inboxes, uh, poking, all that stuff, and, uh, you know, what that really means, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, LeBron James, I don't know if y'all heard, this dude got caught up. The media swept it under the rug, but this dude, I guess one of the chicks he was trying to creep with, put a put a screenshot. She posted a screenshot of him in her direct message talking about some what's up, talking about some what's going on, trying to, you know, trying to rap, trying to trying to smash. And, you know, what what what, what uh, Yo Gotti said, he said, don't you hate when you get screenshot? Yo, that, that screenshot, boy, that's, that's, that's just... That's the devil right there, you know. But, yeah, man, be careful out there, ladies. There's a lot of guys in these women's inboxes, you know. Shoot, there's a lot of women in, in your men's inboxes. There's a lot of, you know, poking going on out here. <clears throat> Did you, I mean, how do you feel about that? That whole. I mean, that was a classic show. If y'all missed it, definitely check out that show. That was an all-time classic show, in my opinion. But um, just the whole poking thing, DMs, Corey, how do you feel about that? You ever get... You know, uh, I mean, we already talked a couple of shows about how it goes down in your DM, but I mean, like, how do you feel about the whole poking feature on Facebook? I forgot it was on there still, to be honest, but um, I just don't see the point of it. You know, I hear a lot of rationalization for it. Like, a lot of people are saying that it just means hello, but I just, I've been poked a while back, but it's, it's, very um, obvious that it's more than just hello. You know, you get a lot of women are getting poked by men thinking that it's innocent, thinking he's just saying hi, it's no big deal, but not knowing that that man actually wants to have sex with you. But instead of just saying that, a lot of men will just put feelers out, basically to see how freaky you are, see if, you know, it can go down, see how much he can do. And, you know, if you respond back with a poke, then you get an inbox message, just like stages to it. And a lot of women don't realize that. Yeah, and that's a good point because, you know, you know, it is a lot of guys out here who they put those feelers out. And, you know, ladies, you got to be smart. You know, you're the whole thing, first of all, you got to realize that men are, yes, men are looking for wives. Yes, they're looking for that needle in the haystack. But, again, it's still a needle in the haystack, so they're not expecting to find it. You know, so basically what I'm saying is these men are already looking at you like you're a freak, okay? Most women out here are freaks. Most women out here are giving it up. Most women out here are having a friend with benefits. So if you want to be viewed in a different way, you don't. You got to present yourself in a different way. You can't be, you know, doing freaky stuff. If you if you're having these back and forth poking wars, you're being looked at as a freak. You know, if you if a man pokes you, he's trying to see if you're a freak. If you poke him back. You're confirming that you're a freak. Maybe not, you know, it might be unbeknownst to you, but that's what it is. You know, I'm just telling you. Like, if you, if, if, if a man pokes you, he wants to poke you in real life. And so if you get poked and then you poke him back, what you think you're saying to him? It's like, oh, yeah, she liked that. So, yeah, now I, I could definitely hit. I could definitely smash. Now, you may, you may think it means something else. That's fine. You might think red at the stoplight means go, but, I mean, you can think that. You're still getting a ticket. So you can think poking means whatever you want. It means what it means. Trust and believe that. Like as far as men go, that you know, you so you gotta be govern yourself accordingly. 
Now, the whole, um, you know, and usually that will be followed by an instant message, you know, a, uh, you know, some form of communication looking to take it to another level. And so, you know, if that's what you're about, then cool. If not, then you may not want to even start that whole poking uh, back and forth. Um, so there's that, you know, and so, you know, speaking about, because that's where it leads to is is, uh, is friends with benefits. Now, speaking of the whole friends with benefits thing, I was I was watching Meredith Vieira again, and I just found this to be very interesting. It's not a big deal, probably something most people don't even care about. But I found it interesting that, um, you know, I don't know if you ever heard of Bethany. Bethany uh, Frankel, I think she's what, Real Housewives of, you know, wherever, Beverly Hills or wherever the heck she's from. But uh, she had a talk show or whatever for a little bit. But she was on one of these shows, and she was just telling a random story. And she was like, yeah, so, you know, and she was telling a story about how she ran into Donald Trump. But And that was, like, the point of the story. But she's like, yeah, I was le- it, was the mo- it was really early in the morning. It was, like, 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning in New York. And so I was leaving a friend of mine's house, you know, and I happened to, you know, it was early, you know, and so I was, uh, and I ran into Donald Trump. And she goes on and on about, you know, what happened with her and Donald Trump. And I'm looking like, yo. You you just she's like yeah and she made it she's like yeah I'm single you know she's like yeah I'm single but you know I was leaving a friend's house you know after having spent the night and and I'm just like very matter of factly and you know back in the day my mom will tell you that some of your parents will tell you you didn't talk about being a hoe like it was no big deal you know what I'm saying like it's like okay if you eat, I mean fine if you're in a relationship that's your boyfriend okay that's your fiance okay whatever that you know you're in a relationship. But you're just admitting that you have friends with benefits. Like it's no problem. Like you have random sex. You hook up. What pe- what women have to understand is there's no way. There's not. There's, that's never okay. It's not okay to be someone's freak. You know, it's not okay to be someone's friend with benefits. You know, if your goal is love. If your goal is to be respected. And I it just, it just, I was a little taken aback. I'm like, wow, this lady is here, just admitting that she's a hoe. She's admitting that she's somebody's late night booty call, like it's nothing. And she thinks that Donald, the story about Donald Trump is the most significant thing. I'm like, no, nah, you just got smashed off. Yet women are saying they want love, but there, many, most of them will admit, like, yeah, I have sex. Yeah, I got friends with benefits, but I'm single right now. I mean, you look at people like. Uh, I mean, there's tons of people. I can't even think of anybody off the top of my head. But, you know, I mean, tons of these celebrities, they'll tell you they're single, but they're quote-unquote dating. And then they have these tell these stories on the late-night talk shows about sex. So you put two and two together. It's like, okay, you're single, you're dating, you're having sex. So you're somebody's friends with benefits, but yet you you claim to want love. Who's going to wipe you up when, you, when you're out here having sex? I mean, that's new to me. I don't know what women think. Ladies, let me just tell you something. The only way to to love is celibacy. You know, society might tell you something different. Steve Harvey might tell you something different. But you can't be somebody's freak and expect somebody else to look at you as his wife. It's just you're going to be who you are. If you're a freak, then you're not going to be someone's wife. And if you're someone's future wife, then you're not going to be a freak. Somebody else's freak. It's just that's just how it goes. Can't have both. I mean, I mean now, you know, Courtney at one point in her life thought that you could have both, but obviously, that's not the case, right?
<laughs> no, it's not. No, that state of delusion is some experience when you feel that you can be a freak and still be found and, you know, really just play with God and knowing what God told you, knowing, you know, God told you to honor him, knowing that God told you to keep your legs closed and, you know, I would still do it anyways and then, you know, feel the effects of it. You know, people, a lot of women will brag about it on TV, the whole friends with benefits situation, and make it like it's just the best thing ever. But honestly, it's not. Like, it'll make you cry yourself to sleep at night. That's like one of the worst things ever. And it's just, I mean, a lot of us have to learn the hard way that, you know, following God is really the best and should be only option. I mean, pretty much, <clears throat> pretty much. That's how it should be, and but unfortunately, that's not how it is. So that's how Bethany was, and I don't even watch. That's what my wife watches. She watches that Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills, and you know all that. I know Courtney watches that weird stuff, Housewives of uh, wherever, Housewives of you know Amen. Philadelphia. No, no, Philadelphia. I'm, no, not you. That's what I'm saying. You make up crazy stuff to watch. I mean, I'm talking about the real shows. You, you on your own world. You know what I mean, real, ha- real housewives in North Philly. That's what Courtney's into. Them ghetto chicks. But um, so but speaking of, but since we're since you mentioned it though, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now, I, I don't even want to talk about this. I'm not into the I told you shows. I'm not into, you know, any of that stuff. But you know, I mean, you guys are talking about it, so we're like the voice of the people. So, you know, y'all are talking about it. You know we got to talk about it. Recently it was revealed, unfortunately, that Cynthia Bailey and Peter Thomas are divorcing. Now, I believe they just celebrated their five years. They got married around the time that me and my wife got in, uh, got married, about five years ago. Now, again, we've been on the air a long time, guys, far longer than – you know, um, you know, five years. And many of you may remember, some of you may not, you know, if you're newer, but many of you do. We, you know, we talk, we've, you know, we, we've done shows on Real Housewives of Atlanta. We've done shows on Love and Hip Hop, you know, uh, all this stuff. We, we've talked about this stuff. And, um, I mean, we did a whole show on, specifically on Real Housewives of Atlanta. In fact, I posted it on the on my page so you guys could actually listen to it. It's from like what 2012 or something uh, like that. <clears throat> and we I mean I don't even like saying it, but we I talked about it. Like I specifically said they're getting divorced in a few years. I mean now granted they lasted longer than I expected, but I specifically said bait not this isn't just me, but based off of what they, you know, projected you know, out there from their own uh, relationship, the writing was on the wall. And so we talked about it. We did a whole show on it. You know, and so now it's no surprise that we say, okay, well, they're divorcing or they're even, even before that when they were having problems, I'm like, oh, yeah, they'll definitely be divorced soon, just like Candy and Todd. I told you that from day one. You know, going back when we talked about Candy and Todd, when Candy was with AJ, before AJ got killed. So, I mean, this is, we've been talking about this. We did a whole show so again, Peter and Cynthia, is it? I mean, well, there's so many different dimensions. There's so many reasons why. When you look at the emotional unavailability, her insecurity, his, you know, womanizing ways, his infidelity, the way they interacted with each other, just the the 
volatility, the you know, the fighting, the instability. I mean, it just was it was it was not conducive to a successful relationship. You know, it's not that's not you can't have that type of you know, those tempers and that that anger, that type of conflict and expect that to take you to you know, to eternity. And I mean, especially you also can't have a relationship without God and expect that to last forever. So, I mean, I wish them both the best. I mean, but at the same time, we, we talk about this stuff and we, we talked about it extensively. Just like Chloe and Lamar. We did a whole show on Chloe and Lamar. And I said, I and I told you, I'm like, yeah, you know, I like certain things about her. But I said, y'all know they're going to, you know, be divorced, right? I mean, I said, that's, that shouldn't even be a question. Did a whole show on it. And so all these divorces, you know, in fact, you'd be hard-pressed to find any divorce over the last several years, any breakup, any celebrity breakup over the last several years that we didn't predict five, six, seven years ago, all right? I mean, whether it was Halle Berry or any of these people, Jennifer Lopez, I mean, we talked about them all. So, and it's not because I'm clairvoyant or anything like that, but at the end of the day, it's about the concept of emotional unavailability and how there needs to be that foundation. And if there's not, there is no relationship. I mean, that's just what it is. So that's just kind of how it goes. Now, speaking of Real Housewives, since we're we're talking about them, um, it was a it was an article posted uh, about t- uh, Todd and Candy, <clears throat> where uh, she took her weave out and he was saying that he really enjoyed the weave and he wanted, or excuse me, the, her real hair, excuse me, her natural hair. And he wanted her to keep the weave out and, and, you know, rock the natural hair. And she was saying that she kind of like, kind of liked it too. And one of the things I posted on Facebook, I said, well, duh. (laughs) I mean, like, it's amazing. Women think this stuff is like brand new ladies. And this is no disrespect to any of the weave wearers, but, there's not a man, please understand, there's not a man on the planet who prefers weave. Okay, that's not to say that you can't have love if you're an avid weave wearer. Okay, that, you probably can. But to say that a man prefers fake hair over real hair is ludicrous. It's not just untrue, it's ludicrous. It would make no sense whatsoever. And so I think what you got to do is, you got to just ask yourself, hey, look, you know, do I want to be the type of woman who my man settles for, or do I want to really give him what he wants? Do I want to be my best self? And I think if the if the answer to that is yes, then you're going to do what Candy did and take out the weave, you know, and uh, take off that wig and embrace a look. It doesn't have to be the look that someone else may have, but just a look that works for you. You know, and if a man loves you and loves you for you, he's going to embrace it and he's going to love you for it. So, I mean, how do you feel about that, Courtney? Yeah, I'm all about rocking your real hair. Um, And I I think that a lot of us will wear it, you know, because of insecurities. I've said this before, but, like, a lot of us don't feel pretty with that or we feel that we have to wear the wings to be pretty. I've heard um, that is no for a fact. A lot of women wear it not even for their man or to attract a man, but for other women to compete with other women because you know that they think that that's what they have to do to be found. But it's like just be yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's, I mean, that's kind of how it goes. I mean, if if you want a man to love you for you, then then be you. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, for lack of a better term, it's not rocket science. So, um, so there's that. Um, speaking, you know, again, continuing on our Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now, Courtney, you said, uh, you brought up, you, we were talking about uh, Kim Fields, who is also on... Dancing with the Stars. What the heck? I mean, she just on consecutive show, back to back shows, Housewives and Dancing with the Stars. I mean, what's your thoughts on her decision to leave uh, leave the show? I I agree with her decision. Uh, I'm I'm actually surprised that she was even she even agreed to be on the show in the first place. Because I mean, it was obvious that she was not a good fit really because she wasn't trying to bring that drama and I commend her because on the episodes she stayed classy the whole like the whole time and she was provoked. She was like, you know, any other person or I shouldn't say any other person, but a lot of other women would have responded with violence. You know, like we see from uh Portia, you know, responding with violence but Kim was very classy, and I think that that was a, a that was a good decision because you know she wasn't going to stoop down to their level, and um, and that's what they're looking for. They they need somebody with drama, so kudos to Kim. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean, and that's I mean, I'm, I'll say this: I don't care that she left or if she stayed. I mean, because I'm a firm believer that you can, you know, I mean, you everyone has a choice. You know, if you, if you want to be on uh, a, a reality show, you have an I mean, we've had, you know, over the last several years, we've had a lot of reality stars on this show. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day when we actually did that, you know, we just, I mean, we had the, the I don't even remember their names. We had the chick from uh, Flavor of Love on here. We had the young woman from The Real World on here. Um, uh, a couple other shows. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But I think, you know, you can you can have... A, uh, a a a nice personality, a friendly person. You don't have to allow yourself to be made into a villain. And so, I, you know, she, she, it was possible for her to make. And I, I mean, I'll say this: I liked how she presented herself and carried herself on the show. I there was nothing that she really did that I was like, oh man, she shouldn't do that. I like how she uh, handled uh, Kenya and her, you know, her shenanigans. And so, I mean, I'm. I mean, the fact that she left, it, I mean, it makes sense because I think that she didn't um, react the way the producers probably hoped that she would. Cause it's all about ratings. It's all about ratings, and, and it's about the editing. You know, it's about putting yourself in positions to to allow the producers and the editors to do what they do. But if you don't give them anything to twist, then you know, like I, you remember when? Do you remember the like maybe the first season or second season when Eric Snow's wife was on on there? Courtney, did you watch it back then? Uh huh. Deshaun Snow, I remember her. Yeah, and you know, it's it's like the people like she wasn't ghetto. She wasn't wilding out, acting all crazy. Next thing you know, she wasn't on there no more. And so, anytime when you don't have a storyline or your storyline is not, you know, driving the ratings and, and pushing the boundaries of buffoonery. You know, you're going to be gone. So, I mean, you know, I don't really care less if she left or if she stayed. I mean, you know, it's still going to be a ghetto show with 
45, 50-year-old immature women acting like they're 18. I've never seen anything like that before, to be honest with you. I mean, 50-year-old women gossiping and carrying on fighting like they're like 20, 20 years old. I mean, it's, it's like, it's really ridiculous. So, um, you know, uh, who else is in the, in the news right now? Right now, uh, Future. We we, have, we we did a whole show on f- the whole Future, Sierra, Russell Wilson uh, situation, and, and we focused that show on raising other man's children, another man's child, and that was a really good show. We talked about a lot of uh, a lot of issues surrounding that, but um, now, you know, we talked recently about her her recent engagement to Russell Wilson, but now she she's suing Future for something like twelve million dollars, you know. And you talk, I mean, and again, if I haven't said it before, although I know I have, be clear. You know, that's another one. I'm just going to go ahead and put my official prediction down. I mean, it's you can't that level of emotional unavailability is unparalleled. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the epitome of emotional. I mean, you're you're bashing your ex in public. He's bashing you in public. The child is caught somewhere in the middle of this this ridiculous drama. You know, you're actually now not just bashing him, but you're you're taking it to the court system. For, and trying to profit financially. I mean, if there was ever a definition of emotional unavailability, Sierra is like, you know, is it. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's no way that, you know, that can be uh, what either of them wants it to be. And so hopefully, I mean, you know, I hope for the best for them. But again, I know how this stuff works. And uh, we're going to be reading somewhere um, it says, you know, They've decided to go their separate ways or, you know, or you know how it goes. So we'll just sit back and watch. But And, again, that's not me wishing negatively. It's me trying to help people not make those same mistakes. It's me helping, hey, you know, if you see Sierra, if you see what she's doing, if you see that type of behavior, you see the fact that she hasn't even healed, clearly hasn't healed, but yet she's now engaged to another man, hopefully people will see and wake up and be like, wow, I don't want to be that, t- I don't want to go through that, you know, especially not publicly. So, speaking of publicly, what, like, what, Courtney, what is up with your girl Serena Williams twerking? You know, th- I mean, just twerking, like, what, what is this twerking? I mean, like, why do people, I mean, that's just another thing we talked about, Nicki Minaj, and, like, why do women think that there's anything classy about bending over, shaking your ass, and simulating sex. I'm just trying to figure out why. Did, why is who says that, or why would anyone think that's classy? It's crazy. I I see that a lot, and um, you know, I used to twerk. I mean, what? I'm out. I, really? Don't try to sound surprised. <laughs> but um, the reason I'm saying that is because. I want to say the reason I did it. It was for it was for attention, and I thought that it would lead to um, genuine interest as opposed to sexual attention. Like what are you crazy? just not being. Yeah, I mean, a lot of women just aren't confident in themselves and you know what they bring to the table, but they know they have a nice shape. And so they feel like, well, you know, he'll see my my butt or he'll see, you know, my chest or whatever, and that's going to make him want to get to know me better. 
And a lot of women, they won't just do these things in the privacy of their own homes. They'll court it. You know, they'll go out to the club and they'll, you know, they'll do things like that. It's really a cry for help more than anything. And it's really sad as far as the Serena thing because a lot of young girls are watching that and, you know, they're, they're you know, imitating her because they look up to her. Yeah. You know, it's just um, it goes right along with the media's whole just this lie that you have to be a hoe, you have to be a freak, you know, you have to be, um, you know, good in bed in order to get a man's attention and, and keep a man's attention. But the irony with that whole thing is that sex makes men lose interest in, in if it was there to begin with. But 90% of the time, the interest was never even there. So once you have sex with a man, it's not even about him losing. See, women get it twisted. They think he lost interest after the sex. No, he never even had interest in you in to, be, to begin with. And so he's just he just did what he was trying to do, and then he kept it moving. And it's just like that. There's like It's not even a, uh, a weaning off period. It's just cold turkey because he got what he wanted. You know what I'm saying? And so you just got to stop having sex with these men, ladies. You got to stop sleeping with them. You got to stop letting these men smash. You know I mean, because that's, that's what causes so many so many different problems. But, yeah, man, I mean, it's it's sad because, you know, Serena is the best tennis player out right now, and she's one of the greatest tennis players, not the greatest, but one of the greatest tennis players in the history of tennis. And so, I mean, you got to – you got to be aware of that and know that there are little girls looking up up to you. And so when you do that type of stuff, there's no possible way that can have a good, you know, um effect on the people watching it. You know, I mean, she has a huge, you know, huge body, a great shape. She works out just that type of it's no respectability. You know, and you wonder why she she probably wonders why she's single. Nobody's gonna wipe her up with no, you know, no level of respectability like that. So I mean, it's sad because a lot of women they think, "Wow, Serena's beautiful," and I'll be honest, like people, I mean, and this is no disrespect to her. There's nothing wrong with her, but I'm, I don't find Serena Williams to be all that attractive. I mean, that's that's just me personally, and it's like a lot of these guys, they're like, "Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful," but they know they're not being truthful with themselves because. They're they're lusting after her body, and I guess all I'm saying is, ladies, don't be deceived by men like that lusting after a woman's body. You know what I'm saying? Because that's really all it is. I'm just real enough to like. If Marv was here today, he would keep it real with you. If Virgil was here today, he'd keep it real with you. Serena Williams isn't on any man's top ten list, top five list, and, and, and the men that say that she is, they're only lusting after her body. That's just what it is. You know, and so I'm just saying, be don't be that woman. You know, be a classy woman. You know, I'm not saying you have to look like, you know, anybody in particular, but just be yourself, be classy, you know, and that'll take you everywhere. You know, love God, and if you love God, that'll be, that's your classiness right there, you know. Now, there was a, somebody asked me specifically, though, about dreadlocks. I think it was a post in the group. I mean, how do you feel about dreads, Courtney? All right, real quick, well, before, before you answer, hold on, before you answer, the, the, the question actually was specifically, you know, 
are dreads. Like they were saying, just wear this look, the dread look, as opposed to the weave look, and you'd be good. You know. Now, is that do you agree with that, or how do you feel? Um, how I feel about it is, I feel that um, natural hair, period, looks better than weave. Um, but to say that, I guess I took it as if to say, you know, all women, women should have locks. I have them in my hair, but I was being honest by saying that not all women look good with that particular style, but natural hair, period, just wearing your real hair, that a style that works for you does look better than we. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that, you know, and, um, I, it's it's all about. I mean, I I have no problem with locks. I mean, you know, it's not. I mean, don't get it twisted. I would never date a woman with locks. I mean, that's not at all what I'm into personally. That's not what I find attractive, me personally. But I've seen women look good with them. Um, you know, it works for them. I think, and that's what what it's all about. You got to meet a man. It doesn't matter if he likes weaves, he likes wigs, he likes natural dreads, lock, whatever. I mean, braids. It, it's somebody for everybody. You know, and so you got to find a look that you're comfortable with and that you're rocking for the right reasons. If you're not doing it for the right reasons, it's going to perpetuate the whole emotional unavailability aspect of it, which is going to lead to attracting a man who's only going to want you for your body regardless. So you really just got to focus on you, what makes you happy. If you like locks, Courtney decided to go and do something crazy. Like, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, sometimes I don't know what goes through her head. You know, but like I'm saying, she's got to do what's best for her. Like somebody told her that that was a good idea. It was. You know what I mean? Like when we say, like hold, on. like when we say, do what's best for you and do what works for you. Like I'm Courtney's friend. Like I'll tell. Like that's not for you. You feel? You feel what I'm saying? Really? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to. It's like now I'm just messing with Courtney. No, so I'm saying, you know, that's something she did, something you guys do. You do what you, you got to do what you got to do. Um, so there's that. Now, one of the last things that I wanted to talk about tonight, or actually a couple things, actually. Well, several things, actually. One, now Steve Harvey. Now, we talk a lot about the the, the twerking, the Nicki Minaj types, the Beyonce's. And, but we have, those are the, the some of the negative female influences. You know, and I just got, I just got finished giving Steve Harvey props. I just, I mean, he did a really great segment a few uh, weeks ago on his show, and I was like, wow, okay, that's some good advice right there. That's, you know, I was, that was a, it was a positive segment. But then, I mean, he, I'm watching it again, and then he has this whole thing where he's telling these little girls, I actually, no, I think it was even the, the new show, uh, Little Big Shots, actually, if I'm not mistaken, and he was telling a little girl, he was like, now, first of all, you know, boys aren't, they're good for nothing. These boys out here, stay away from these boys. They ain't good for nothing. Now, I'm I'm just, and he's done this. Like, he did this whole thing when he was coming out with act like a lady, think like a man. He did this whole thing talking about some, you know, men men don't know how to be, uh, don't know how to be chivalrous. Men don't have manners. Men don't do nothing. All you got to do is give men sex and feed them and this and that. I'm like, like, what are you talking about? Then another on another occasion, he's talking about some <clears throat> black men don't read. He's like, you want to, I mean, he's like, we don't read nothing. I'm like, yo, he's talking about, yeah, that's why I came out with the book. He's like, black men don't read. They ain't going to read this. This is for y'all. 
this is what this is. Y'all, y'all guide the love and this and that. He's like, you ain't got to worry about the men. They ain't reading this. I'm looking like, yo, are you crazy? Like, you're sitting there throwing men, specifically black men, under the bus like we're idiots, like we're buffoons, like we're these cavemen who don't read all we need is food, sex, and, like, it's just like, and now you're telling these young girls, that's what you're telling grown women, now you're, now you're telling young girls that men are worthless, how, I'm, and I'm just asking, I'm not hating, I'm just asking a question, how is that building and planting a seed of women looking forward to being blessed with love from their king? You know, if, you, if you're telling little girls that black men are worthless, if you're telling grown women that black men weren't raised properly, so you should date older men, I mean, it's, you can never, you can't sell out your own people, your own gender, and expect to have respect. I don't know, man, that's just my thought. I mean, how do you feel about that? I know you, you checked out the Steve Harvey show a couple of years ago uh, when he was in Chicago, right? I did. I thought it was a mess then. But um <laughs> but in regards to how I feel about what you just said, I think it's absolutely absolutely ridiculous and this is why. Because you know, a lot of us black women we already have a negative perception of black men. You know, whether that was from our fathers not being around, from bad relationships, from being raised by single mothers that haven't healed from past relationships, and all of that is already in place. And so for him to say that, it just reinforces that mentality that's already there. So it does nothing but just make black women feel that all black men are bad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's and it's just it's the same types of things that the media has been doing for years, putting these very specific people in these positions of power who are going to put forth a very specific message. You know what I mean? It's a it's a message that's going to demean black men, separate black men from black women and just, you know, perpetuate the 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 dissolution of the black family. So, yeah, so there's that. Now, one of the, there was an Ask State Honor Vice question. That, you know, I posted this out there because I really wanted to see what people thought. Now, there was this situation, and everyone's still talking about this. This has been going on for a few days now. And I told you all I would talk about it on tonight's show. There was the question of, if, and it was a picture of a young woman who, you know, who looked, who was attractive, lighter-skinned woman, long hair, um, you know, had on some, some, I guess will be considered sexy clothing. But the question was, if this woman that was shown in the picture needed help from your man, ask your man, your boyfriend, your husband, whatever, for help moving boxes, a few boxes, she just moved into the area, there's a few boxes left over, into her house, you know, would you have a problem with that? How Would you be okay with that? And, I mean, the response is, I can't say, I can't say that I'm surprised but I was hoping I would be surprised because there's still such a level of emotional unavailability. There's still such a level of insecurity out here. There's still such a level of distrust, mistrust, um, pain from hurt, pain, and resentment from past failed relationships that exist that, 
you know, women are, are trying to handcuff their men to the bedpost to avoid them from being around or even in the vicinity of any women. And it's just like, why do you think that that is okay? You saw some of those responses, Courtney. I mean, first of all, how what would you do? Would you be okay with your man helping out? Uh, but two, why do you think so many women express such a an issue with a young woman? I'm going to try to pull up the picture. Like with a woman, an attractive woman, and just being a gentleman for that woman. Why, why is that such an issue? So um, to answer your first question, I I will be fine with him helping her. I would actually expect him to. If she's by herself and she's carrying all of these, you know, boxes and, you know, it, a lot of uh, heavy items, you know, TVs, whatever, things that are heavy by herself in her house, I would expect him to help her. And I also, um, I, I saw the responses and um, I saw a lot of women saying that either they wouldn't want their husband to help her, she could help herself, or he could only help her if she's allowed to help too. <laughs> Look, if she didn't ask me for my help, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I, I would have no issue with it. My husband can take care of it. But I think that a lot of women have issues with that because um, most women have been cheated on. And a lot of women have not been healed from that. And so every situation where, you know, it's a, another woman involved, really a woman that they perceive looks better than them or can, quote-unquote, take their man away from them. It's like that fear comes up, and, you know, a lot of women think that, okay, well, if he takes his box, her box in there, then something can happen, and, you know, he can cheat on me just like so-and-so did in the past. And it's just all about going back to not being healed from your past, and that's why it's so important. But most importantly, your man could cheat on you in any situation. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be that particular situation. Right. And I mean, the, the irony is that a lot of the same, a lot of the women wearing what this woman is wearing in this picture, well, you know, it looks like a crop top of some sort, tank top, whatever. I mean, you know, that's the same type of outfits that these women are wearing. And you can't look at life, you can't live life thinking that your man is going to, you can protect or shield your man from interacting with attractive women for fear that he's going to cheat on you. I mean, that that can happen at the gym, that can happen at at work, you know, at in, in his ministry at church, at, at Target. I mean, some of these freaking... Uh, Cashiers are, are, you know, are beautiful, and they're tight red shirts. I mean, it is temptation is everywhere, guys. You know, it's everywhere. You cannot. You have to be the best possible woman and trust that God has blessed you with the best possible man. And that's just what it is. If you wanted your man, you can't expect other women not to want your man or be attracted to your man. So I mean, a man would be a complete fool. He'll be a fool if he's gonna if he's looking to cheat if he's looking for a jump off to choose the woman who just moved in, who's, who all eyes are going to be on, and for him to just start creeping with, I mean, just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You, you guys understand that? There's no reason. One woman said, I mean, the responses were just crazy. One woman said, well, you can't put yourself, it doesn't make sense to put yourself in a a, a sexualized position. I'm like, 
sexual position. What are you like? It's just moving a few boxes. Like I mean, you got to really be look at it like it's moving a box from out of a moving truck, out of a back seat of a car, out of the trunk of a car, and literally just carrying the box. You see a woman struggling with something. You're carrying the box. You're setting it in her doorway. You might carry it up to the bedroom, and then two seconds later, you're going to walk right out. I mean, it's ridiculous. But that just kind of goes to show you. I mean, women are like, well, we can help, or I'll make sure, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll you know, be there. Like, for what? You're a female just like she's a female. If that's the case, she could carry the box herself. And the irony with all this is that women are saying, yeah, I want a gentleman, I want a true man of God. But it's like, if he's a, first of all, if he's a true man of God, you don't got to worry about him cheating. Secondly, if he's a true gentleman, then he's not, one, he's not going to want you lifting a box, and he's not going to want that woman lifting a box. He's going to lift the box and do what he needs to do. That's just what gentlemen do. That's what men do. That's what real men do. So it really shouldn't matter. If you're there or you're not there, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to come back home to you. I mean, but that, that fear of being hurt, that fear of rejection, that fear of being cheated on is still there. And that's why it's so important to heal. We did a classic show a few months ago on the importance of healing from hurt, pain, and resentment. We told you exactly how to heal and let those feelings go so that you can be in situations like similar to this where you don't have a problem with him just lifting a, a couple boxes or you know that's nothing there's, i mean there's really nothing it just says i'm looking at it right now your new neighbor needs help moving items inside can your husband help why would that be a big deal you know that's crazy talk you know so i mean i just found it to be interesting so so there's that now the last question, though, that I wanted to talk about tonight, because we've talked, as you see, we had a lot to talk about, um, but just summer, summer fashion do's and don'ts. You know, every year, or excuse me, every season, we talk about, uh, we talk about this. Like we talked about it in the winter season. You know, like what's your style? A lot of women said things like Uggs, tights, um, sweater dresses. You know, things like that. Um, but you know, in the spring. You know, uh, we you know we talk about we we spend some time talking about what was sexy, what was slutty, you know. Um, but summertime, Courtney, what, what what's going on for the summer with you? Like, how do you like to dress? You know, when it's a little bit warmer. We've been having, um, you know, eighty degree weather. I think it was today. How do you wear? What do you wear when it's uh, warm out? I like um, I like sundresses. I also like uh, the tank top. And Capri combo, and um, I like rompers. Rompers are cool. So that's yeah. what I can think of. Yeah, I think all of those things can can be um, can be modest. Um, it just you know depends on how they are worn. A lot of times, women take it to a, another level, you know. But you know, leave leave the tights alone, you know. And I mean, there's a new trend. I mean, it's this stuff is just getting crazy. First of all, it was the tights, right? Then it became the tights with nothing covered up the ass. Okay, it was just you know we're just gonna I'm just gonna show show this off, you know, and that's just gonna be what it's gonna be to to attract attention. But now the new thing is, and I've seen this a lot over the last few days, especially with the younger women since it's been uh, warm out. They're wearing the black tights, 
but they're I don't know if they're just cheap or they're you know it's on purpose. But they're they're wearing like colorful underwear. They're wearing you know the type of you know underwear that are you know basically seen. They're they're see through basically. You're able to see what's underneath. You know you you, know, you guys know what it's see through. I'm just it's just like why like why do you think that's okay? Why what man is gonna look at a woman who's wearing see through tights, you know, and say, Wow, that's my future wife or wow, she's classy. Have you I mean, have you seen that? I mean maybe it's a Philly thing, I don't know. I mean, have you seen this though? It's not a Philly thing. I've seen it in Chicago as well. And um and, and I, I said this before that um those types are sheer, obviously, but a, a lot of women don't know that. And there's some women that's intentionally doing it. Okay, I, I could say that, you know, these hoes out here, some are just intentionally doing it. But a lot of times when you try it on, it looks different. It, it doesn't look sheer. But then when you get in the sunlight and it hits it, then that's when you should notice a lot of women don't. But it's definitely sheer. Every pair of tights that I own, they are sheer. That's just how all of them are made. So. I remember a couple of years ago, I told y'all, y'all remember, it, like it, I told y'all the day it happened, I'm literally, it was like one of the first warm days of spring. And I'm at that time, I had a Mercedes. And I'm driving, and I'm at, this, at the uh, red light. And all of a sudden, I hear, boom, slam right in the back of me. I look over. First, I look at my rearview mirror. I look up. This dude, he's looking at these young girls with these uh these mini skirts on, looking at those thighs. I'm like, yo, you go, you really crashed in the back of me because you're looking at these freaking young girls. So I get out the car, and fortunately, it was no uh, no damage. He just kind of bumped into me. I guess he hit my bumper or whatever. It, you know, didn't leave a mark or anything. I was like, so we didn't even. You know, exchange information. I just kind of rolled my eyes and kept it moving. This dude is still staring at the the young girls, and I'm just telling y'all, ladies, you don't want to be that woman who a guy is gawking over. You know, the 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 woman that you yeah, some of y'all y'all got stalkers, not like real stalkers, but like just target stalker stalkers. I'm talking about the guys that just stalk you around the store. You walk in every everywhere you go, he's like right there. Well, you know what that is? It's because he's looking at your your backside. You know what I'm saying? You know he he made it. He said, "All right, you know I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go this way." She's walking up just so he could just just stare. I see it all the time. Shoot, back in, I I've done it before myself. So I, you know the fellas know what I'm talking about. You don't want to be that woman, ladies. Don't be the woman that gets followed. Be the woman that gets approached. Okay. You know, and you know that's when it's you know that some women they just get followed just so the guy can look at them. Other women, it's like, look, I don't really care what you look like. I, you know, I'm trying to make you my wife. I'm trying to get to know you. Everyone doesn't get that. There's a big difference between genuine interest, okay, and sexual attention. And you definitely want to be the former as opposed to. The latter, but no. For, as far as the summer goes, so yeah, loose. I mean, the tights are cool. You just, I mean, you know, cover it up, have some class, cover up that ass, as I've been saying for years. Um, what else? You know, like you said, Courtney, sundresses, rompers. Uh, you know, um, skirts are cool. Maxi dresses are very nice. I like maxi dresses. I like long skirts. Um, those are cool. You know, just be classy. Just be classy about it. You know, and um. 
And that's it, man. Take those weeds out, man. A lot of times in the summer, they start to smell. They don't have the greatest, you know, aroma to them. So you got to wash them, man. You know, wash them or do what you got to do, spraying with Lysol or whatever. But some of them things be ready to come out. Y'all be patting the weeds. Like, what's the, what, what is that? What's the patting? You know, what's that? Pat, pat, pat your weeds. Pat. Like, I've seen it. Is it cause like, why don't you just scratch it? What happens when you scratch it? What's the big deal? You want you don't want to mess up your hairstyle because scratching it will move some stuff around. <laughs> what the heck? But but if you pat it, it's like it's keeping whatever style you have in your hair intact. What the heck? I'm That's just, crazy. I'm just saying. That's it for me, man. No, I'm done with y'all, <laughs> man. I'm going to bed. That's it, man. So I want to thank y'all for tuning in on a Keeping It Real Fridays. Like I said, we um, you know, we we. We're last live last Saturday, so about a week or so. It hasn't been too long, uh, terribly long. And in the meantime, we've done some classic uh, rebroadcasts, so, you know, check those out. We'll come back, you know, live a little bit later on in the week, maybe next weekend, and, um, you know, keep it going, man. But I just, again, uh, we had some fun tonight. We kept it real tonight, but aside from everything, you know, because we talk about that stuff all the time. It's not every night that we talk about Prince. You know, someone who gave such a and if you and if you tuned in late on that ghetto stuff, on that that, that black people stuff, you know what I mean? You know, check out the archives, man, because we spent a good uh, portion of the show talking uh, about just Prince and his real legacy, not music, but just what he represented, what he contributed, um, you know, to to the industry, to the world, and to uh, you know just how people view the world. You know, because I mean, he was instrumental in in uh, in M- Michael Jackson too. Like Michael Jackson's speeches about Sony, Prince's speeches about the government, about the industry, about being a slave is all. Those are things like from, from you know you figure from some of the biggest people. It's like wow, if they're saying this stuff about the industry, it must be true. You know, it really caused me to really look. And do my own research because I'm seeing it from someone, from from people who are so influential and so deep into it. So, you know, it's deep out here, man. But again, thank you all for listening in. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you learned something. I actually want to, you know, close us out, man. You know, you know how I like to do. We've never done this before. But like I said, this is one of my favorite Prince songs. I think I want to play a little Prince and... um, you know, that's we. Any, any last words of wisdom that you want to lead the people with before we wrap it up, Courtney? Yeah, I was just thinking about because it's you know it's warm outside and it's a lot of sex going down and there's you know temptation out there. And I just want to encourage the ladies out there to just to know that you don't have to be someone's freak. It's nothing wrong with being a homebody. It's nothing wrong with working on yourself. It's nothing wrong with keeping God first. Because when when you do that, he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, yeah, and uh, interestingly enough, I mean, you, you know, you said there's nothing wrong with it. You're, there's absolutely nothing wrong. Not only is there nothing wrong with being a homebody, that's what my wife was a homebody when I met her. I mean, you know, I have no idea. These, you know, a lot of y'all are going out to clubs and even these church events. Like, y'all are always out, it's out and about. Like, yo, y'all got to chill sometimes. Nobody wants someone who's always out and about. You know what I mean? You got to relax. You know, the way you become a wife is by acting like a wife. And so that man can already, 
just a clean transition. You know what I'm saying? It's not a whole lot of work, a whole lot of change that needs to happen. It's, you're already living the type of life that he could see himself living with you. And if that's the case, I mean, oh, man, he'll he'll wife you up quickly. You know, just like these testimonies that you guys have seen uh, posted. So, so, so take that into consideration. And um, like I said, we'll, we we'll be back a little bit later on in the week. Here's a little prince to uh, again rest in peace to uh, to close us out. All right, guys. Good night.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.